Hello, it's Friday the 11th of November and this is episode 8 of the Dark Insight Podcast. I'm Cliff Goldsmith and on the other side of the big blue rock is Mr. Charles Turner, aka Mr. Vader Van Odin. Hello. That's me. Hello, how's everything going? Very, very good. Yourself? Yeah, pretty good. Good, good. You've been busy? Busy, busy? Um, yeah, life's always busy. Two kids, work, business, gaming. Uh, uh. Gaming. <laughs> yeah, always get busy, but it's 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 fun. Got to have fun. Yeah, no, I, I, I've been like, ugh, God, just been working hard and playing games. Literally working, coming home, playing games, sleep, work. <laughs> I haven't really done much else to be honest. It's been pretty manic. Uh, oh. I've been branching out. Last night I was making uh, sheep cupcakes for my to raise money for my daughter's kindergarten. Oh, awesome. So, so I'm always busy, always got something on the trot, uh, whether it's games, <laughs> cakes, or work. <laughs> awesome. Oh, oh, no, actually, I have got something new. Yeah, I gained a water feature in my front room. It's quite nice. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, a planned water feature? <laughs> no. Or a leak? <laughs> a, a leak. <laughs> yeah, an unplanned water feature. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, my bay window decided that the roof above it was going to start leaking because we've had a lot of heavy rain. So, yeah, that's oh, been no. fun. I had to get a roof around to give us a quote. He hasn't sent us the quote yet, so I'm not looking forward to that bill coming through. Nah, yeah, yeah I'm sure it might be fun. At least it's a small part of the roof, hopefully. Yeah, it, look, it looks like it shouldn't be too bad. Just replace the lead up on the roof and we should be all right, I think. Nice. But, yeah, joy is. So it means uh, less, less spending on computer rubbish <laughs> so is it windy where you are at the minute it is yeah yeah it, yeah, is, it, it is yeah we never in wellington and new zealand we never have downwards rain it's always sideways sideways rain <laughs> so it's really hard to weatherproof stuff here because nothing ever comes straight down you gotta like weatherproof <laughs> like upwards and yeah it's ridiculous yeah, it's, it's normally, our rain is pretty normally sort of downwards, but at the moment we've got a lot of wind, so it's it's coming in sidewards, so everything's just getting in under the lead, and I've actually got a crack in it as well, so that's, it's all fun and games. Yep, yes. the, the dramas of house owners. Uh, yes, indeed. Yeah, after oh. this podcast, I'm actually going down to the hardware store to pick up some wood to, to do a new wardrobe and, and now my new room. Ah, so, yes, yeah. the new room. <laughs> awesome. Yep never stops <laughs> yeah it seems like it's been forever like since we last recorded uh, i do apologize to the listeners obviously i've been away and then i was ill last week so it's been it's been what four four maybe four even weeks. five oh geez. yeah when we we chatted to yeah paddy start of october wasn't it jesus was it the start of october wow it was yeah it was in the first week or two of october i'm sure Jeez Louise. <laughs> That's Ah, but time flies. Time does fly, yeah. No, it's been a good day, yeah. So I do apologise to everyone listening, that's it's my fault. <laughs> oh, no worries. 
But um, well, well, we mentioned it. Uh, big again, a big huge thank you to Paddy for joining us for the Metal Gear spoiler spoiler cast. It was a blast, um, and we've heard some good feedback from it, haven't we? Um, people saying that it kind of changed their view and perspective of the game and gave them a new appreciation to the the craziness that is Metal Gear Solid Five. Yes, you're really appreciative of the support. Yeah, we we, we did had a we, we had a really good response back from that, and I got to say I thoroughly enjoyed that episode. It was it was a really really good chat. I mean, it was long. I was very tired. Me and Mel, obviously, especially me and Paddy, this end because it was what close to three and a half hours. And by the time we'd finished, it was like super tired. But it was definitely worth it. It was a it was a good old chat. And hearing hearing people's sort of come back from it on how it's opened their eyes for certain things was was really really good. And that's that's the kind of response I was hoping for. So yeah, brilliant. Yeah, it was great. And even even like Paddy mentioned that during the discussion, it kind of, and I think it did the same for me. Uh, yeah, at seeing other people's or hearing other people's perspective, like kind of just changed and made you think about it in a different way. And that, yeah, it was great. Yeah, no, it was, yeah, it was awesome. Very, very happy. <clears throat> yeah, so yes, thank you, Paddy. Thank you very much for coming on. And thanks for everyone to listening. Uh, yeah, the, uh, the 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 usual people. Obviously, great thanks as always to our, our our guys that always. We've got a few guys that we always hear from. Obviously, like Morbid Beard, Mr. Jeremy Greer, the guys over at Chomp uh, Chain. There, it's it's nice to see we have some people who who are regular listeners who we who, who are always there chatting. It's it's nice to have those. But the numbers have, have gone up quite well as well. We're we're getting close to the. Uh, thousand plays total soon so that's yeah, i'm quite yeah, happy yeah. about that yeah it's getting quite close it's very, it's very cool um and i was actually talking to morbid beard and um chris from the chomp chain yesterday about how it's really there's a lot of negativity and in, in gaming at times and in the when you're playing online and it's how it's really cool that we're kind of building this awesome community where it's just positive and we just chat and we enjoy games it's 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 been a huge um i don't know blessing and benefit to me and my enjoyment of games over the last year, getting to know all these lads, it's been really good. Yeah, I I totally agree. It's because it is it is there is a lot of negativity out there, and it's it is so nice that we've got all these, as you say, that the few podcasts we do, and then the guys around it as well, and everyone just gets on well. And even when we don't agree on things, like I was talking to. Uh, Gary from uh, Bonfire Side Chat, and we we was having a, a, a basically a debate about um, uh, the guy who makes the Heavy Rain games. <laughs> I can't remember, oh, yeah. can remember his name. He he uh, doesn't like them, does he? He, he? he detests him, but I really, <laughs> really, really like him. So it's but instead of arguing, sitting there arguing, we had a had a quite a civil debate about things and it was quite good actually and it even like sort of opened my eyes to a few things that I never really looked at before which is quite cool so but it's nice to be able to talk to people who have got different opinions and not the the people don't sort of just start being arsey with each other and they're willing to listen to your opinion which which is awesome yeah, exactly that's what it should be all about because uh, I had the worst experience with Rocket League this week I had someone just like I joined the match halfway through. He was already losing, and it was a two match, two versus two, <clears throat> and like they scored a goal when I was I missed the I missed the ball when they scored. You know, it was a good shot. 
but my teammates just like messages and it's open message that everyone can see just says if you yeah. leave my team and it's like whoa and it's just started like abusing me for like and i was like no i'm, I'm stubborn I'm, like, I'm not leaving i'm not gonna let him win <laughs> the, the, the more you shout the more i will dig my heels in yeah, but but I'm not going to ju- uh, stoop to his level and start, yeah. you know, responding back with insults. I just played my game, and he ended up playing for the other team. So I was playing one versus three, uh, and I still did all right. They didn't they didn't thrash me too badly, <laughs> but I was like, <laughs> but it's just it's just so toxic that kind of environment. And it's so good that we we don't have to be around that all the time. That we have some good dudes we can yeah you know, fall back on and chat with. Um, it's it, 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 I just it, it, I, w- I just wonder where it comes from to be perfect perfectly fair because surely we're here to enjoy it. We, we do all really enjoy our games and I don't know where people get that negative energy for other people just in games in places that should be fun I don't personally understand it obviously I can understand frustration with games like Dark Souls we all love them but oh, they yeah. do frustrate the hell out of us at times but oh, heck yeah and that's that's part of the fun sometimes as well yeah yeah but i don't get like some of these like some of these people like some of the messages that jeremy greer gets on dark soul haters it, it is just beyond me some of the stuff that people say to each other is crazy <laughs> yeah i i i i i completely agree but this that said i can understand it more in a game like dark souls than rocket league rocket league is just goofy fun like it's just there yeah to, like, it's, it's football with cars <laughs> yeah it's supposed to be just just good old and that's what i really like about it just get in there and just you know whack the ball and you win some you lose some that's yeah. part of the fun of it but um ah yeah we could go on for a while about these, crazy. these haters but but yeah it's nice to have uh as i say the good bunch of guys and all you guys listening you're awesome. Stay awesome. Be excellent to each other. That's right. Yeah. Philanthropy's most excellent journey. Most definitely. They they, they 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 got it right. They're like my philosophers. Them too. Yep. <laughs> well, yeah. Oh heck yeah! I've got. I was real cool the last month's loot crate. I got a Philanthropy's uh, 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 t-shirt, and it has <sighs> that quote on it. <laughs> I want one of those t-shirts, man. I saw. Uh, I think it's PewDiePie opened his one and he got it. And I was like, oh, I want one of those t-shirts. <laughs> yeah, no, it's pretty good. Like, I was pretty happy. Um, and one of my other favorite quotes from the second movie, which is not as well received, but I still think it's a lot of fun, mm. is from the uh, Grim Reaper when they're trying to play him in games, like they're trying <laughs> to beat him in, in the games. And the, the Grim Reaper say, respond, says to them, doesn't matter if you're king or a small town sweeper, sooner or later you're going to dance with the Reaper. And he does this cool little like swing of his uh, of his scythe. And it's so good. Best two out of three. Yeah, <laughs> oh, good, I love it. Times. So good. And mm. the, the ironic thing is, actually, I my full time job. I work for a company called Phil and Ted's Most Excellent Buggy Company. Ah, uh, awesome. <laughs> so it's a, obviously it's a play on the name Bill and yeah, Ted's. That's but, um, awesome. And we make baby buggies. Oh, that's cool. Um, yeah, no, I I do like that saying. Like, cause I, I skateboard myself and obviously on my skateboard i've got that i have it written on everyone be excellent to each other around the edge of my <laughs> nice. skateboard yeah and and party on dudes party on dudes <laughs> and we do plenty of that don't worry about that <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah before yeah probably should be wrong but yeah just again i've said it thanks several times we both have but this is huge i i i haven't really had many gaming friends like physically locally um i've always kind mm. of been a lone soldier in the gaming so th- this year has just been awesome it's been how it's been just to get to know you guys you clifford um it's been a pleasure 
Um, it's it's mean a lot to me. Um, it has like mind like minded dudes. Um, I've never had that really. I've always only heard my brothers kind of talk about games with. So yeah, big big thank you to you too, Clifford. Oh, you too, man. Thanks. It has yeah. It's it definitely it's been a very good year and. Uh, it's always it's just onwards and upwards I hear it from here and it's it's great to see everyone doing so well like the Twin Humanities boys like they're they're, they're, they're always doing well and the Chomp Chain guys their podcast is just fantastic and it's doing so well and I'm really really happy for them guys and how they're coming along yeah, yeah they're, they're doing really really good for themselves so awesome work guys keep it up yep thumbs up <laughs> So yeah, we need to find an excuse to get CJ on next, and and some of the Chomp Chain boys. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're coming after you guys. <laughs> we'll find a way. Well, the, the only way we will get CJ on at the moment is if we, if we talk about ah, uh, uh, I could never <laughs> that, or I can never remember what it's called. Um, damn it, the stuff that he's into at the moment, like the the practical effects oh, uh, stuff the power, that he's into. The Power Ranger. It's like, and, yeah, um, the Kamen Rider and stuff that he's into at the minute. Yep. Yeah, he's like super, yeah, he's... super into them. He's like, <laughs> he's super obsessed with them at the minute. He loves it. I, re- I, re- I really can appreciate that. Um, yeah. <laughs> like, they're, they're not my cup of tea necessarily, or in CJ's case, cup of coffee. Cup of um, coffee, yeah. It's <laughs> not my cup of coffee, but... I can appreciate just someone just really finding enjoying it, and just who cares, you know, who cares what other people think? Just get yeah, into exactly. it. Yeah, like, exactly. I, I get that, like, sometimes I get a lot of stick from people about anime. They're like, "Oh, it's just cartoons." I'm like, "Yeah, but you, yeah, uh, yeah. it's so hard to explain to someone who hasn't seen it." It's just like, but I enjoy them, and they're not necessarily always chart kids stories a lot of them have very grown-up stories to them but just because people see them as cartoons they're like oh, kid stuff yep. so, so what yeah, exactly sometimes yes, i'll yep. sit here quite happily and i'll watch ben 10 on the tv i don't care i'm just like yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah a if big you enjoy kid. it that's the thing like i used to say i used to get hassled um at high school you know my mates you know i was sort of in the jock group um because i was good at rugby and we played rugby and um but I, I was kind of like the nerd jock. <laughs> um, I was the captain of my team. I baked cakes and I watched cartoons and played video games. So it was kind of like this weird oddball of a person. Um, and people would go and hassle me and I'd say to them, look, you know, what, what was your favorite cartoon as a kid? And they, everyone has one. Everyone has a favorite cartoon. Yeah. I'm like, would you like to watch that now? I'm like, oh, yeah, man, it'd be good. And, you know, bring back some memories. I'm like, so why don't you? Like, if you like it, do it. And that's like, yeah. that's my philosophy with, with anime and video games. You know, I'd get, you know, Video games never used to be as cool as they are now. No. Um, the Chomp Chain boys were talking about that the other day, how it used to be nerdy and now everyone, like, you know, same with comics and, and cartoons. Yeah. Everyone likes Batman now. Um, whereas you're a dork if you used to like Batman at high school. Um, and yeah, I just, you know, do what you like and, and I, yeah. Well, I think the same goes for a lot of stuff. It's like when I used to obviously skateboarding at school when I was younger, we used to just get terrorized by people just like, it was a pain, but now you see kids skateboarding at school and stuff, and now because it, it's cool now, it's just like, oh, why? Why can't people like? We should just be able to enjoy it. Just basically enjoy what you enjoy. If it's fun, do it. Yeah, exactly. And that's that. It's, I don't know why people. Yeah, once again, stop giving other people shit for stuff they do. Leave them alone, yeah. miserable bastards. Live and let, what is it called? <laughs> live, live and let live. Live and let live. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Um, that was a good old this, this tangent we got on. It was good. 
but do we always if, if, if everyone knows us for that we we love to tangent we do it quite often yep. <laughs> video games video games <laughs> before but before we get back onto video games we kind of wanted to try a challenge that the chomp chain boys issued a few episodes ago <laughs> um, i think we're going to fail miserably but hey <laughs> um, we're going to try and they it was right at the end of the episode they kind of just said if anyone out there wants to mock their american accent <laughs> or try and do an american accent and record it um so we, we both and clifford thought this would be our chance to fail at that <laughs> request uh, what do you reckon oh god mine's terrible like the only one like that ever comes to mind when people like do an american accent it's like i'm just like hey guys do you want a cup of coffee come on man <laughs> Just like that, that terrible New Yorker, sort of New Jersey. I want a coffee. Oh, it's terrible. Oh, I'm going to go yeah. hang myself in the corner now. <laughs> ah, this is all fun and games. I don't know if I could do any better. The one I actually I think of is um, from uh, Lego Marvel. Yeah. When I'm playing with my son, there's like all the time, there's this guy going, Hey, I'm walking here! Like all the time. <laughs> that's, it's like, uh, that, that's basically like, it's always that New Yorker style accent that we always yeah. hear, is it? Hey, I'm walking here! <laughs> and, and I don't know, I don't know uh, what it is, but the funny thing is when I thought about, I was trying to think of American accents, I thought of Arnold Schwarzenegger for some reason. <laughs> like, eh, not I'll be back. But yeah. I don't know. I don't know why his accent comes into mind when I think American, because it's clearly not. Uh, get to the chopper. <laughs> Easy on the hardware. <laughs> Stick around. <laughs> Go now. We're just doing Arnie things now. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Who's your daddy, and what does he do? <laughs> uh, he's, he has the best one-liners of all time. I, like, oh, I was watching the other day, and I get a tangent. It was just a uh, 108 great Arnie one-liners, and it's like a five-minute video of just one-liners. <laughs> I sat there <laughs> and watched the whole thing. Oh, yeah. I remember at the end of high school, start of university, kind <clears> of age. Um, <laughs> it was it was cool to you could download like programs that would map your keyboard to sound effects, uh, like a, and like a like soundboard sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, there was like an Arnold Schwarzenegger one my friend downloaded, and it was just the funniest thing to call people. <laughs> <laughs> Play Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> uh, it was quotes. It was awesome. Uh, red. Uh, oh, the other, the other one that comes to mind is um, Pulp Fiction. Bruce Willis. Mm. The 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 lady at the end of the near the end of the movie is like, whose motorbike's that? Zed's. Who's Zed? Zed's dead, baby. Zed's dead. Zed's dead. Oh no! It's, you gotta go. It's not. It's not a motorbike. It's a chopper. Yeah, Who's chopper's that? Who's chopper's that? Who's chopper's Zed's. this? Zed. Zed's dead, baby. Yeah. Speaking of, uh, have you? Do you, do you like Tarantino? Yeah, mostly I do. The only one I haven't liked is uh, Inglorious Bastards. Really, I love that film. I really, really enjoyed yeah. it. Do, do you want me to tell you why? Go on then. I've got a valid reason. I'm a bit of a slow reader, like a good comprehension, but <clears> I tend to take things in slowly. Yeah. I like dialogue, and that's why I like Tarantino movies. There's some good witty dialogue, and it's good back and f back and forward. Yeah. Can't stand it when it's in subtitle form. Ah, uh, right, okay. Just because I, I just couldn't keep up with what was going on. Mm. It was just too fast-paced, and reading it and take it, absorbing that, I just wasn't getting the, the gist of it. Right, um, yeah, yeah. Other than that, 
a fun movie, but just I couldn't like I just missed some of the key plot points. The whole like how Germans count with their fingers, <laughs> I missed that, and I was like, why are they just suddenly attacking each other? Like <laughs> I don't get it. Um, and because I missed that in the in the dialogue because of the subtitles. Yeah. So that's my reason I don't like that one. But otherwise, I like them. So sorry, continue on your. Yeah, no, I was just saying because obviously uh, the trailer for his new film, The Hateful Eight, came out. Oh, it looks fun. It does look quite fun. I like uh, Samuel Jackson. Looks looks like a barrel of laughs in that film. I can't wait to see it. He looks like he's good. He's good at almost anything, though. Yeah, yeah, but he looks like he's he's doing one of his comedy kind of serious roles, and I love him when he does that. He's he's such a funny geezer. He just makes me laugh so much. It does look good. It kind of has that true grit look, but kind of but with that kind of. Almost, I want to call it slapstick, but kind of just hyper-realism that yeah. Tarantino does. Yeah, yeah, kind of just like it's exaggerated realism. Yeah. yeah. No, I actually, I'm looking forward to that. I'm, I'm quite keen to see that one. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. There's, there's a few good it, films coming out, I think. Did, to you, did it have kind of a um, Reservoir Dogs kind of feel? Because Reservoir Dogs, they all kind of come together, don't yeah. they? Yeah, no, I'd definitely say it has that feel, but it's sort of that mixed with a bit of Django and... Yeah, yeah. J- J- Django was good. That mm. was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Tarantino. You know, so yeah, and also like I got, I was pretty stoked as well because Ridley Scott confirmed. Obviously, uh, Prometheus two starts recording in. Oh yes, start I of did, year. did hear that. Yeah, and it's not called Prometheus now, is it? Is it just called Alien? They gone back to the yeah, aliens. Alien, and it's got a- alien, alien, Alien Covenant. It's called. That's it. Yeah, because the next two films basically are gonna uh, delve into who created the alien, that how they, how we know them, and it's going to lead up to Alien One, which is awesome because that's what everyone wanted from Prometheus, really. Well, so. see, I don't know. I'm, 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 because I may have been out of the loop. Um, but I watched Prometheus. Well, hmm. I remember hearing Prometheus, and was it clear that that was supposed to be a prequel, or was it supposed to be a surprise? Um, well, he, he, it was sort of a prequel, but he always said it's not really a prequel. It's in the same universe. So it was, no, it was always a bit sort of, it is, it isn't, it is, it isn't. Cause like, I remember watching it, just thinking it was a cypher movie by the guy who did Alien. And then at the end going, cause it's only right in the last few minutes, isn't it? That there's kind of the link. Uh, no, it is there all the way through the film. If you know your alien lore, anyway, which I am, I'm a massive alien geek. I'm just, it's been a long, t- I've been a long time. Yeah, because um, obviously, uh, I've seen it. It's when it's when they get there and you you see all the Promethean stuff and you know that it's space jockey technology and obviously you'd know the space jockey from Alien One. Yeah, okay, no, I do remember yeah. that. Um, I I think it was just that I wasn't, I didn't know that it was prequel when I when I went to watch it oh, and right, I was okay. surprised that I think that's what it was. Mm. But anyway, that's just me just trying to remember using my brain in it mm-hmm. <laughs> to its full extent. <laughs> yeah. Having um, the back catalogs. I've got a funny story about Alien, though. Um, I can't remember which one it would have been. But it was, I was quite young. And we have, at my parents' house when I was a kid, it, we have, it's kind of a two story, but mm. there's like a flat underneath that is part of the same house. But it's, um, and outside our lounge is the roof of the downstairs flat. Yeah. And we were watching it. And it would have been, I'm pretty sure it was one of the facehugger scenes or something when it's crawling through the vents quite fast and yeah. there's like a thud in the movie and then you hear the scurrying. As we were watching that, there was a huge thump on, our, on, on the roof outside the lounge window. 
and this huge just, just scurrying and then this fight and squealing. And it made us jump because like, it was like it just happened in the movie and it happened in real life. And it was two possums having this mean brawl on our roof <laughs> like, right out our window. <laughs> but it completely just, we were freaked, man, because it was just like, yeah, ex- perfect. It was one of those like exact perfect timing situations. It could just completely throw you out like through the loop. Like it just, yeah. I think I would have uh, wet my pants. <laughs> it was pretty terrifying. Like. Just because yeah. it was like, and then just in real life, and it's like, what? Yeah, yeah well, it's like yesterday I was sat watching uh, a YouTube video by Jacques Sun Frontier. I don't know if you've seen any of his bits. No, I haven't. No. But he, he does like, uh, he's done a couple of Bloodborne Law videos of like uh, stuff. And I was watching one that he'd done about the Hunter's Dream, and he goes really in depth into sort of the spirits and this and that. And it was, it was pretty sort of eerie. And fucking, I was on the bed asleep, and then. Bam, the cat jumps up from nowhere onto my legs. And I'm just like, fucking hell. I proper shit myself. I was like, get, get out, cat. <laughs> Where yeah. you find? Uh, yeah, little bugger. They're, yeah, if you haven't checked them out, people, go check them out. Jacques Saint Frontier. He's got. He's only got about four or five videos, but like the, the, the Hunter's Dream one's about an hour and five minutes long. <laughs> oh, yeah, the other. He's way into it. Yeah, yeah. The, and he's got some really sort of. Uh, I think it was Sunlight Blade or Law Hunter that posted it. I'm not too sure who it was, but the, yeah, they're, they're, I think it was Law Hunter actually, because I think he posted them on his blog. But yeah. Yes, that does sound familiar. I think I may have had a quick glance, but just yeah, haven't had a proper look. Yeah, that's. Didn't, re- didn't recognize the name. Yeah, they're super awesome. Really, really interesting. Like, they, yeah way he goes into sort of talking about how the doll is and how it relates to japanese culture and all that sort of thing and yeah it's really awesome you should go check it out everyone should go check if you're in a bloodborne go check it out go go (laughs) because that's the stuff i like to because i like just to listen to that stuff while i'm at work um because i don't have time to watch it at home it's doing stuff (laughs) but i'm at work it's perfect if i can just listen to it and i like to hear people's thoughts and opinions um like I read uh, Law Hunter, he tweeted about one of his new blog about um, the Great Ones and the Old Blood and how it all ties together. And it was a good, an interesting read. And yeah. about how the theory that the Old Blood comes from Odin, the um, the Great One that no, one, you know, you can't see the formless Great the One. Formless Odin. Odin. Yeah. Odin. How do you say it? Odin. <laughs> but and and I, I I tweeted back after I had a read of it, and I, I'm like. I kind of like the thought that the blanket man, I can't remember what he's called, in Odin's Chapel, you know, the friendly guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huddled there. I like to think that he's Odin <laughs> and how ironic that is, that people worship and think that Odin's this great, powerful being. But really, he's just this guy who really wants to help people. <laughs> just a, yeah, just the chapel together. <laughs> and he and how he can see how that the whole world's gone to, gone to putts because people chasing this desire to become great like him whereas mm-hmm. he's just this really humble meek character and i, f- I find the irony behind that hilarious like just i i, like, I don't it's a shame obviously i don't think that that's definitely what they're aiming at but i really like the idea of that yeah, like, yeah. well that's why i i agree i don't I, it probably isn't but i like the idea of how these people the city in this world has created this this mm. god out of the lowliest of, of creatures almost um, and how he's just like I want to help people and he's not happy with how things are going along but he's he's powerless to do anything about it yeah 
Um, and nice. so he's just doing his little bit. And so I just like the irony behind it. Yeah, that is cool. He's, it's like the Jackson Frontier one when he was sort of talking about the doll and how she always is praying at that um, grave in the Hunter's Dream and that 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 was one of German's apprentices and it seems like her and German never have got along. So it kind of looks like it was German's apprentice who actually created and loved and looked after her because it, it says, doesn't it, that I think it's either in her tear gem or the hair ornament that she was very well looked after and super, super cared for. And it seems like it was German's apprentice who was looking after and creating the doll and like actually like loved her. Cause she obviously loved, like had her feelings for him as well. Cause she's always there praying at his gravestone and praying for our sort of life as well. She doesn't want us to get hurt. She just seems like a, like a super friendly person. And, yeah, it's just, and then Gurman just wants to rape her because he's a strange man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I watched your your playthrough, <laughs> and you you went on for a while about how you think Gurman's a sleaze. <laughs> he's such a sleaze, but it's like it's the way he says it though. And then he's got the book on how to pick up maidens and stuff on the shelf. It's just like. Uh, oh, I didn't know that. Is there actually uh, like, can you see the title? Dude, if you look on one of the shelves, one of the books, uh, if you look carefully, I can't remember, I can't link it who it was who said it. But if you look carefully with one of the monoculars, there's a book there, How to Pick Up Maidens. <laughs> oh man, I'm fully going to go find that. And <laughs> it's just like, German's a super sleaze, man. Big sleaze. And oh yeah, the, the other thing in that Jack Frontier is, as I was saying, obviously... Uh, if you look at some of the cut content as well, like um, the, like the, do you know you find the umbilical cord on the table in the Real Hunters uh, workshop? Yep. Uh, that on the original description that when you picked it up, it mentioned that it was from the vile blood baby. So it seems like the, the, the baby that was sacrificed to bring on the pale blood moon was actually the vile blood queen's child. Oh. Yeah. I won't say, yeah, the video is super awesome. It goes into some really clever details that I would have never even noticed or thought of. Super awesome. Oh, I wonder if... Yeah, it, interesting. I'm, that's why I'm, I'm super looking forward to, uh, obviously, the old Hunters now because I, I'm just I'm just very interested to see what kind of stuff we're going to see, sort of lore-wise. Yes, yeah, I'd like to see more about the vile bloods because that that is a cool kind of situation and set up there with the the queen. Mm. Um, it'd be interesting to see more. Um, and yeah, I'm surprised there's so much hidden. Like I just I actually missed and didn't know there was that. There's the engagement ring you can find in the chalice dungeon. Oh, uh, the ring of betrothal. Yeah. Yeah, like I I must have missed it. Well, and it it just seems too well hidden in the chalice dungeon mm. um i got i got the platinum i've done all the chalice dungeons you have to do and i didn't get it um but yeah that's that's quite quite a big thing and so we kind of cool to see more tied in with them and maybe that is maybe you mentioned that her, as you said a baby was taken maybe that's in the what the old hunters did they took a baby to well because that's what that's what it seems like because there's always every single one has uh Fought, uh, brought an old one or a great one with a use of a baby of some description it, with Mensis it was obviously Mergo which was the Frumerian uh, it was Yarnum's baby with, yep. with, with, the, with the Hunters it looks like it was obviously the Vilebloods baby 
I'm not too sure when it comes to uh, obviously Uden. I don't know how he, but I think he just went. There you go. Have some blood. Get infected. Because <laughs> I think the beast comes from the Uden blood. Well, see, that's the, that's what I, yeah. I was kind of um, Law Hunter. The blog that he posted the other day was talking about how Uden is all blood stems from Uden. Yeah. Because that that's the old blood, and it's just been corrupted over time. Yeah. Um, and that's what I find interesting with Bloodborne is you've got there's quite a few factions. You've got kind of you've got the the civilians, which are the beasts, and it, it brings out the the blood brings out the nat- their, their nature, which is the beasts, which mm. talks out in the beast palette and things like that. It's got them in the description. Um, you've got the the research kind of the university, the scholars, uh, academics. They become fly kind of beasts. That's their kind of inner self. Yeah. Well, see, I don't uh, I don't know whether that's from. Would they have come from that, that, that? Obviously, because of Rom, but Ebrius, that would have been the high choir, wouldn't it? Ebrius, yeah. yeah, yeah, and they all, um, and they all have their own way of trying to commune, commune. with these great ones, yeah, um, and and communicate or or reach and see. As you say, you've got uh, the school of Mensis. They are they're trying to do it, um, yeah, through the through the baby. Um, You've got the choir that are trying to use to um, make contact. Yeah, make <laughs> and contact, they, yeah. And they've all got their own ways of becoming, gaining insight. And so you've got, yeah, like um, Gwillem, you know, has his eyes on the inside. You know, he's made himself blind through research. Yes. And then it, it's all very interesting how they have their own ways of, of trying to summon and make contact with these great ones. And they all... The thing that baffles me... Conflict each other. Yeah, they, they all get it wrong. And then you just come along and go, oops, I've done it right. I've now ascended. <laughs> All these factions have been trying to ascend for so long and then you just manage it <laughs> with uh, relative ease. Did they yeah. never think of eating some umbilical cords? Seems so simple. <laughs> yeah, it's, it is very messed up, but yeah, oh, exactly. Um, but it's, <laughs> it's, it's pretty it's really cool. <laughs> um. um so yeah, I do like the idea, but I guess because there's other times that because there is implied a cycle to to this world, and it's an implied it's that the Sumerians have gone through the same cycle now that the humans are going through. Yeah, that that, that seems to be a common from thing, doesn't it, with the whole cycle of things? Yes. Yeah. Um, but and then, but it seems also there's cycles within cycles in this game because it, it seems like because it's a the dream, the hunters are repeating. They're almost acting as guardians of the real world. Yeah. I, I don't know, this is just me kind of speculating and thinking out loud now, but, hmm. um, they, yeah, they were acting in, and so there's that cycle because you can re, you restart the game and you're still within the dream and you're, um, yeah, I, and what was I trying to say? So you're, you're repeating it. So I can imagine, and there's also a timeline of these humans. So I wonder if, yeah, they, these old hunters have gone through the same kind of process that you have. And it's not the first time within the human time time period that this cycle's been repeated. Yeah. it'll be. It's most certainly going to be interesting to see what happens with the old hunters because obviously that is somewhere that the hunters are going. And I do believe it looks like they've been obviously trapped after... Either succeeding or not succeeding. I'm very excited. Yeah, heck yeah. I guess that's why we were talking about it so much. We have yeah. no idea, really, but we don't. Um, it's it's been it's nice. Fun speculating. Yeah, it is super fun speculating. So obviously the patch dropped today, 
which I'll be on as soon as we finish recording. But I, I want to go and obviously check out the league and a few other little bits and bobs. And I might be able to get my platinum because I've heard on the grapevine that you can buy chalice um, dungeon things. That's the technical term. <laughs> Ritual items. There we go. That's what I was looking for. <laughs> yeah, because that, that's basically what stopped me from... Because I, 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 I don't know if you... I spoke about this a long time ago in here that... I stopped that and I was just like, Ugh. but I tried again to get back into it and got close, got to that defiled, nearly finished that. Then I just have to do the, the main one and then I'm done. So if I can get the ritual items, excellent. I'll be able to get my first ever platinum. I've never got a platinum before, so it'd be nice yeah. for Bloodborne to be my first. That would be cool. Yeah, it would be awesome. I think I've got five or six platinums. Yeah. Dark Souls 1, 2, and Bloodborne. Harry Potter, Lego 1. Batman, Lego 2. And Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix or something. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. red. it was real random. Really random <laughs> it was real ones, easy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, was real, it was real easy mm-hmm. to get a platinum on that one. Yeah, um, there are some games that are really, really easy there, platinums. It was after I finished university. I had the summer off before I found work, and I was just hiring games out. And I hired it for the like the week. It was like eight day hire or something. Yeah. And I just rushed to it. It was actually a lot of fun. The game. I think it was Order of Phoenix. It was like number six or something. Mm. Um, it was actually a lot of fun. Um, to play. It was kind of fun running around Hogwarts. <laughs> but yeah, I was real close to the end, and so I just kind of ran through and got all the collectibles and yeah, platinumed it. Awesome. Yeah. So, so what you what have you uh, what stuff have you been playing other than have you have you dipped your have you been dipping back into Bloodborne ready for the deal? Yeah, I kind of not not a huge amount because I I played them this and I kind of just stepped away from it because um, I have other things that I got to play through to for the podcast and for for YouTube and whatnot. Um, but yeah, I've kind of been pulled back into it. A friend of mine just picked up a PS4 and he's a huge gamer. He uh, hasn't played for a while. Mm. Um, um, I've just actually become friends with him. He's just moved into into the city. Just met him recently. Oh, that's um, awesome! And he's yeah, huge. He's like a, his 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 gamer tags like RPGs for life. He's like <laughs> he loves oh, all the games awesome. I like. Um, and he's <laughs> got a like, young family like I do, and so it's been a bit of a bromance. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, he's that's why he's been playing Bloodborne, and so it's just I see him online. I'm like, I'm gonna play. And Jeremy McGreer, um, Jeremy Greer, is playing. Uh, Bloodborne all the time and always thinking about it's made me kind of it gave me an itch to get back into it yeah. so I have jumped back in <laughs> yeah he's definitely because I was streaming the other day and I was struggling with Vicar Amelia for some reason I was just not feeling it and he came in and we battered her because <laughs> so he was watching nice. my stream he's like do you want me to jump in I was like yes please <laughs> Yeah, nice. Yeah. But he's just, yeah, he's that guy's got some dedication. <laughs> Big time, like but, he's hey, patience for you know for days. That guy, he he's like the chalice diving monster. Like he's even at the, at the moment he's he's going to chat with um the guys isn't he at bonfire side chat for their uh, charity thing about uh the great chalice debate why he loves him so much and he's trying to get Gary through the chalices because he's never really gone into them so. Yeah, so I, I can I, I can align with them. I actually like the chalices. I think they're a bit of a wall when it comes to the ritual items. That's the only thing. Yeah. Um, because, and I think there's two... Yeah, like I would have liked to have found that betrothal ring in the main set of chalices. 
Right. Um, oh, is it, but, off, or is it in one of the offshoots then, one of the odd ones? Yeah, I, I don't even know. Like, uh, Jeremy sent me the, the, the glyph, is that what they call it? Yeah, yeah, little the glyph, code. Yeah. And I can't access it, even though, like, I've, I've done the final chalice for the platinum. But right. I still can't access that one because I don't. I don't know. I don't know why I haven't. I haven't done the previous one to it. I guess. Yeah. No, um, normally, it's because you haven't opened a chalice of that type. That path. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I find that a little stink that I've. You know, I've got the platinum, but I still can't. Haven't done enough paths. And so I think there's a little too many of them. Yeah. Um, in some ways, but I do like them. I think they're fun. It's because I, for. One of the main things I like about the Souls game is the fighting mechanic. Um, that's, and then you, yeah, it's just, I've said it a couple of times. That is enough for me to enjoy these games and how they play. Yeah. Um, no, I, I, I agree. Like, I, I do enjoy the Chalice Dungeons. It's just those bloody ritual items. Cause yeah, that's exactly. why I, I got into it because I found myself in a flow picking up enough ritual items to get through, pick up that one, get up to the next one, move through. But then I hit the Defiled and, I was like, bugger, I'm going to need these other bits to get to the hill one. But I'm going to have to go two dungeons back to get them. And then I was going to end up having to do four or five more dungeons. I was like, I'm not doing this. <laughs> yeah, no, that's exactly what happened to me. Um, I end up, I got, I have to guide. And so I actually had to go and it was like I was studying for an exam. I had to go and cross reference and track back and find which items I need and find what dungeons they're in. And I had to like, I spent like an hour researching, kind of flicking between pages and trying to work out which the most optimal path I could do to actually get the the, the red jellies that I needed. And yeah. But yeah, same thing. To get the red jellies, I had to open up another dungeon, but that dungeon I didn't have the resources for, so I had to go back yeah. a dungeon. And so it was like three, I think it was like three back. And um, But yeah, we're back into Bloodborne. We're supposed to be talking about what else we've been playing. Yeah, well, well yes. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's just I've been addictive. <laughs> uh, Rocket League. Um, we've talked about it a few times. I'm a huge fan of Rocket League and Clifford. I'm so disappointed you didn't pick it up. <laughs> oh, I know. Um, I know. I, I don't know why I didn't even just add it to my library. I think I was just like super busy that weekend. I just forgot. Well, it was a month. It was a whole, whole month. month. It's not Xbox. There's so no excuse. No excuse. Don't no know. Excuse. You're fired. I'm fired. Um, <laughs> I quit. But. Um, <laughs> But um, Rocket League, they've they've given they get, they're really cool. Like, I like to support them as a studio because the game's just cool. Like it's we got it free with PlayStation Plus. Mm. Um, they brought out some DLC. Up, you know, six bucks for me. Uh, I think about two 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 fifty quid for you. Um, and it's just some extra cars. You know, happy to throw some cash at them to support them. Um, got it. But they keep bringing out free DLC. Mm. Um, I. I paid. I did pay for the DeLorean from Back to the Future. I was going to say I saw that the old DeLorean. That was quite cool. <laughs> it's very cool. Like the wheels when you like rocket up into the air, the wheels like pull in, and you get like boosts from the underneath to like oh, fly. Awesome. Um, and if you if you zoom and go get real fast speeds, the flame trail comes out from behind you, and you get the <sighs> lightning crackle around your car like you're about oh, to. That's so to, cool. And I went Back to Future week or day a few weeks ago. Yeah. Actually, a month ago today. It's the mm. 21st today. It was the 21st, wasn't it? I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was. It's the 21st of October. Um, I, I, let, I got all three of the Back to Futures and I sat down with Odin and we watched them together over a week. 
and he loved them. He thought they were fantastic. Had no idea what was going on because the time travels, like most people, can't, it's hard to work out as an adult. <laughs> but he loved the idea. And like, he's watching me play Rocket League and he's like, he wants me to buy the DeLorean and you can zoom super fast. He's like, Oh, you're going to, you know, time travel because you got the lightning. Oh, um, awesome. um, and it does that. And even I think, I don't know if it's when you get super speed or if you, if you go really fast, you can destroy other vehicles that like you crash into. You can just like a boom and it has like this <laughs> big explosion. It actually says boom inside the, or inside the explosion. It's really cool. Uh, but when that happens, a number plate, like through the burnt tracks you left behind, spins around just like it does in the movie. Oh, awesome. It is so cool. I like, I like that small attention to detail. It, it, it's, it's so nerdy and so, like, so beautifully awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, but they've also, that, that's all paid DLC. And I spent maybe like since nine bucks New Zealand on it all. Uh, well worth it. You know, the game. I've spent hours playing the game, but they've given free DLC and it's, uh, called mutators. And so what they've done is they've messed with the physics of the game. Mm. So instead of being consistent, you have different and you can play as three versus three and it will, every round will randomly throw in these different, uh, criteria and adjustments, which you can play with manually if you set up your own match. But you can just do it so it's just constantly just uh, rotating. And you get things like hyper bounce and small ball. And I think they call that ping pong, uh, not ping pong, p- um, pinball. Uh, and it's just yeah. mental because the ball like bounces the whole pitch. <coughs> you can barely touch the, the thing. It's just pinging around <laughs> like crazy. And it's mental. Then you've got like beach ball and the ball's massive and really floaty. And so like you jump and you think you're going to get it. And, and you just go underneath it because it hasn't come down yet. <laughs> um, and, and, yeah. And it's, and then you got square ball and the ball's square and you just can't work out how it's going to bounce because it, you know, you'll get yeah, the corner and bounce to the side. Physics and, and stuff. Yeah. And, and I think it's just great that the developer is just putting that much love into their game. Um, and it's just throwing that out to the community. Just, and, yeah. And I, I really want to, so I really like that. So if you haven't got it out there, give it a go. It, it, you've got to buy it now, unfortunately. But um, <laughs> but yeah, it's a good game. So I've been playing that. Um, I've been jumping back into Kingdom Hearts. I I got the the remaster of the re, the HD remake a while ago. Um, kind of stopped playing it. I think because Dark Souls Two came out. But then Odin was just like, "Can we play it again?" And so I've been sitting down with Odin, and he's he just really likes watching me play it. And yeah, I really like it. It's a really fun game. <laughs> um, I'm right near the end of it. Um, and then Magicka 2. Got that free. Did you pick up that free with the... I hadn't I hadn't downloaded it, but I saved it to my library, so... Good. Yeah. Good. It's really fun. Yeah, I've, heard, I've heard a couple of people say that it's quite fun, actually. Um, Odin, actually, it's really hard to remember the different combinations of spells, because basically what you've got, you've got the four um, buttons, X, square, triangle, circle... Mm a map to uh, element or, or a type of spell. Um, and then you can push L1 and then that, that changes the map, the, the buttons, the mapping. And so there's often opposites of what the other ones were. So triangle normally is, is like a death spell. Um, and if you push out L1, it becomes a healing, a healing spell and they cancel each other out. And then you can use all those eight to map out spells. Um, and you can do up to five. And so you, if you do four rock and then a shield spell, and then you can cast that by, uh, cast it on yourself and you get like rock armor and you become like a little tank. Um, but then with those spells that you've kind of put into that, um, pattern, 
you've pushed the combinations, there's like four ways to use that spell. Mm. You can use L2, which is an area effect around you. So if you do all heal, you can do a healing around you. You can heal like uh, NPC peasants and, and characters, or you can heal your part, your friends you're playing with. You can push R1 to heal it, do it on yourself. You can push R2 to cast it on your sword, or you can use the right directional stick to shoot it as a beam. And so the, just the combination of different spells and what you can do with them is just, it seems endless. Like it's insane to memorize. But Odin's like picking up, he's learning spells and there's, um, and yeah, we we'll we actually did a co-op video. It should be on YouTube soon. And it's been yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Like, it's just goofy, fun, silliness. Like the kind of narrators, Vlad the vampire, the handless vampire. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the handless vampire. Well, he's got one hand. He's missing one hand, and so he'll t- he'll turn up. Like first time he, one of the first times you see him, he's got one of those giant finger hands from like baseball. Yeah, yeah. That people take to like sports. He's got that as a replacement hand. And then other times he's got like a hook or a rubber chicken or something. Like it's just, it's just goofy. And the narration's fun. It's, um, yeah. That's what <laughs> I've been playing. Um, anybody, yeah, what about you? What have you been up to? What games have you been playing? Well, uh, as you know, a lot of Bloodborne. A lot of Bloodborne. Because yeah. <laughs> obviously my, my main, all of my main characters are in New Game Plus. So yep. I've been trying to That's get my yeah, I've been trying to get a normal character up to the point. So it seems like I'm, I'm actually kind of there, but I want to get, I, I might just start, get through, play, do a bit more, level up a bit more before I go into the DLC. But I'm going to try it with my other character because he's basically, I've got 50 in everything bar blood, blood tinge. So I can try out all the new weapons, which should be nice. cool. But uh, yeah, I mean, I've been playing a lot of that. I, I started playing um, Life is Strange. The oh, episodic yes. uh, game. Uh, I play. I played episode one a little while back, and it really drew me in. Really, really good. A lot of people, as Chris from Trump Chain said, moaned about the dialogue and stuff, but I actually really liked it. It seemed a bit. Uh, what's the? How can I explain it? It seemed awkward, but it seemed like it was. That's how it should be because they're young teenagers, and some young that's teenagers say, yeah. can be quite awkward in that sense. So, but I really All teenagers are awkward, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And <laughs> I, I, I got into that. I quite enjoyed it. I like the mechanics of like rewinding time because you, you, you can make a decision and go, hmm, I'm not sure. Rewind it, remake the decision again, and then you have to decide which one you go for. But it's still, it's never as clear as day. Like they both still seem. Oh, I don't know what one to go with. It's never right. Oh, that one's good. That one's bad. It's still hard to make a decision, even though you've seen both paths of of, of either decision, which is really really awesome. And obviously, I just yeah, I just finished playing episode two, and the story's starting to really come along now. So I'm I'm going to get the uh, the remaining three episodes and play through them most definitely because I I've got a feeling the story's gonna gonna move on and blow me away. I think. It looks like it's going to be pretty, uh, pre- pretty good, pretty good story. But I, I, I definitely recommend it. It's, it's very interesting, very fun game. As I say, the, the, the graphics uh, they're okay. It looks it looks nice. It's got a kind of, kind of cartoony feel to it, and I just like the mechanics of being able to. As you say, with most choice games, you make a choice, and that's that. That's where you're stuck. You're not you're not changing it. But where you've got uh, time, you're basically you can rewind time. So you, you can make a decision, change it, 
try and have one. Yeah, you're open. You're open to kind of do what you want, really. Yeah, I can imagine that make it harder because yeah, with the Telltale games, um, like I've been playing the Minecraft story mode with Odin, um, mm. the Telltale game, and yeah, most of the decisions are timed. So you just got to make a decision. At times you kind of like, ah, yeah. ah, uh, uh, and you just choose one. And you don't, that that's a bit of a decision, but you're not really stuck with it. But I can imagine having, seeing both options play out, like, whoa, yeah. what, what because, will this yeah, do that, later it, in the game? Exactly. You see both options and then you get infinite time to choose. You're like, you're sitting there. I've sat there for one decision mulling over for 20 minutes. What do I do? What do I do? I'm like, you, God damn you know it. too much. Yeah. yeah and I'm you like, know, I, you know too much. I can't make my decision and I don't know. And it's like, uh, it's, it's hard. And both of them are, are pulling at my heartstrings. I'm like, I honestly don't know what one I want to do. And I'm like, I want to do both. <laughs> I want to do both. I can't have it that way. I have to pick. And yeah. yeah that's pretty cool. Cause, um, yeah, as I say, a telltale game. I've only I played the Walking Dead only the first episode no yeah the first section um, and then I've also played the Wolf Among Us and the but again only the first chapter mm. but the the Minecraft story mode we're halfway through chapter two and yeah you never really feel that attached you to decisions you're like oh well I made the decision yeah you, it sounds like they've done something different by actually making you more engaged in the decisions it really is yeah it really makes you feel for those decisions because you, you get a long time to mull it over and you see the outcome well you kind of see the outcome because but it's going to affect you later on down the line but you can see oh how and then it starts mulling going around in your head you're like but if I do that that might do that and I'm like, oh, I wonder what this side. But yeah, it's really good. I'm really looking forward to uh, finishing through it and, and sort of getting to the end. Because I got episode one when it first came out. So I've been waiting to play any more until they'd all come out because I didn't want to have to wait anymore. So I waited. I waited all this time to pick up episode two, then three, four and five because they're all out now, ready to play. So yeah, I'm just... Very cool. Yeah. Looking forward to hearing. Yes. How you like the end? Yeah, so you would tell the Minecraft story mode mm. tricked me, you know, and we got it day one, the first episode. And like I, uh, you know, Googled to find out when episode two was coming out and there was no definite date. And the kind of the standard for Telltale is like six weeks, like people reckon. Yeah. And so I just sat on it and it was only a month later. And then I kind of like, oh, it's been a month. I'll check when it's coming out. It was out three weeks ago. And I, they just, no news. I just didn't see anywhere announce it. I didn't see it come up anywhere. And so we were, we're, we met, we got it just two days ago, but yeah, we're three weeks behind. Um, hmm. Yeah, just, I don't know. Just it just slipped out. No one said anything. Like, well, someone must have, but I don't know. Never saw it come up on no feed or notices. Yeah, I I haven't seen it anywhere posted that, that another one had been put out. Yeah, it was really strange. Um, the trailer I saw the trailer for the number three chapter three uh, was released yesterday, but. Yeah, really strange. Hmm. Like, there's just no fanfare behind it. But, yeah. Um, I don't know whether whether maybe it's um, not selling super well and they're not... I don't know. But then surely that they, they'd make more of a fanfare about it to try and sell more. I don't know. That's really odd. Yeah, I found it very strange. Um, hmm. But I'll, me and Odin enjoying playing it together. It's really fun seeing him react and, and get into the storyline and come up with his theories. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, he has some crazy ideas. That's awesome. Uh, <laughs> is, is it literally just like a, a regular Telltale game then? Uh, yeah. Just obviously, yeah. it's just um, blocky characters. Yeah, it yeah. is. Um, there's a lot. I've kind of played with the building mechanic of um, uh, the creation mechanic of Minecraft. Mm. Like you can at certain times, you'll need to find resources, but it's obviously set pieces where you've got to go find them, and you, to progress, you have to find those pieces. And I have come across some different places where you could maybe do it in a different way. But then you get a, a workbench and you actually have to place the, you learn recipes and you place the pieces in the pattern, just like you do in the menu in the game. But it's on top, you actually see it visually on the workbench, which I think looks, is really cool. And you see the little resources. And so for someone, my son who loves Minecraft, it's re- he really likes seeing that visual representation of the crafting. Um, and the fighting's kind of fun. There's a little bit of fighting. It's nothing too complicated. It's like a 3D Space Invaders. The zombies walk towards you, and some are closer, and you can switch one, which one you want to aim at. And obviously, you want to aim for the closer one, <laughs> and, then, mm, yeah. and then you then you attack it. And so it's a very simple fighting mechanic. But um, yeah, it's been a bit of fun. Uh, but yeah, just Telltale. Yeah, cool. Typical. Yeah, it's cool. What I'd like to actually do is play like the... Um, the Wolf Among Us and Life is Strange games like that with my wife and play, do a video with her and it, I reckon it'll be fun yeah that would be pretty cool although what I should do is do a video of um, oh just the name just slipped my mind the game that you played the one um, the horror one that just came out oh what Until Dawn Until Dawn I should play that with my wife <laughs> get her scared such a good game <laughs> so good it's, it's a fantastic game but I, yeah, I don't know. Like I, yesterday at work, I got given a, a Tabasco sauce jelly bean. Ooh. It was awesome. I really liked it. It was like a bit sweet. It was a bit sweet, which I didn't like, but I like the spice because um, I do like spicy food. And I kind of I called my wife and I was like, I'm going to bring some jelly beans home. Would you be mad if I gave you a Tabasco jelly bean and didn't tell you? Because, <laughs> um, you know, I don't think I'd even want to do that because I think she'd be mad at me and I don't like her when she's mad at me. <laughs> Um, I think she would appreciate the, that it is just a joke, but yeah. Now she's going to listen to this and get mad at me for telling she's me the get story. Mad, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, wife. Um, so I don't know if she'd like to play the horror games or not, um, but I think it'd be fun. Yeah, it's most certainly a good, very good game, and it's relatively easy to control as well because, like, obviously you're just walking around and moving a flashlight, and then when it comes to sort of action sequences they're basically just on-screen prompts so it's relatively easy to control as well so what i found interesting about the game is there's a lot of criticism for quick time events and isn't the game just built around quick time events it isn't it isn't it's it's really it's really weird like there are quick time events there for the fast-paced action sequences but the rest of it the sort of the, the quick time events in, uh, um, include decision making at the same time as the quick time event sometimes so you could be yeah. say you could be running down a hall quick time event and then it will ask you do you want to open the door or pull down the shelf and you've get, literally got two seconds to decide because the the, so, the, the the things after you and you have to choose there and then bosh and that obviously plays out you could die you could live who knows it might affect so later on bracing the decisions um yeah that's interesting um and they don't give you go, go sorry 
what was I going to say? That yeah, the um, it seems like people because yeah, that's the kind of the, what I've heard is that people can appreciate the quick time events or are happy with the quick time events in this game. Yeah. And a lot of people, in general, the consensus is people don't like quick time events. Though I yeah. think it's maybe because they've embraced them, and that that is the mechanic of the game, I, and they've done them well. What? I, yeah, that and rather I, than just throwing them in as interactive gameplay, they've actually it is the gameplay. Yeah, this is, this is the difference. I, I feel like when say you're, you're playing heavy rain, it's like pick up this cup and do brush your teeth and press triangle to brush teeth, and it's just like oh, okay, right. But this is like. Obviously, you're running press right to dodge, like like you do in some of the Telltale games. They're they're, yep. they're they're actually moving the characters, like press that to grab onto the ledge, blah blah. But then you'll have to make a decision in the middle of that way, that way, doing this, doing that. It's it's hard to explain. They are normal quick time events, but it's the way they've implemented them into the game. They fit nicely and they work with the game perfectly whereas other games don't work so well and you think oh they shouldn't really be here i think it's also because the the game isn't just the giant quick time event like like uh say a lot of the older like the different games heavy rain there's a lot of quick time events in that whereas this they're only there in certain scenes whereas you're doing a lot of investigating walking around looking at things picking things up and you and the quick time events and decisions really have an impact it's not like a foul state game over you start again it's like you, you've buggered that dude's dead you're carrying on with the game you're not seeing that character ever again <laughs> you, so there's consequences other than just yeah the, yeah restart yeah exactly yeah because that's what um i think it's like resident evil i did i didn't <clears> like they did it i think it was in five they did it and i i you know, you get used to watching um, video sequences. You play a game, video sequence comes on, you kind of sometimes put the controller down and just sit back and enjoy it. And then suddenly you're supposed to be pushing buttons. You're like, mm. oh, I died. What? Um, and I don't like when games do it like that. Yeah, like um, the five did I it. I think that's the hate that people tend to have at quick time events is when it's in a game that's completely a normal game, like a normal action game or whatever kind of game. And all of a sudden, when there's a cutscene, you're controlling stuff, but you're not controlling stuff. Yeah. And I don't. Yeah, I agree. I don't like that. But yeah, it's interesting how well Until Dawn's done. Because it didn't have much fanfare that came, came it with it. Did it kind of just came out. It did. Yeah. Because I don't think they was expecting too much of it. But it's it's such a great horror game because it's so cliche and silly. It braces it really itself. It braces, braces it. And it it's just yeah, yeah. it's brilliant. I, I can't recommend nice. it. I, I enjoyed the playthrough thoroughly. Like it's not long. It's only sort of six seven hours. So. It's a nice game to sit down and play. Whereas other games that are big and huge. Well, I started playing The Witcher. Hmm. Yes. I people. What do you really think of that? People are gonna really, really hate me for what I'm about yeah, to like say. It. Right. <laughs> I'm a big fan of The Witcher. I love Witcher One. Love Witcher Two. Right. I do like The Witcher Three. I love the voice acting. I think it's beautiful. It looks stunning. The 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 writing is fantastic. The stories are great. But I've been playing a lot of Bloodborne, Dark Souls. The fighting mechanic. The fighting mechanic is oh, so janky. I, I, I hate it. I can't get my head around it, dude. I really can't. And it's really pulling me out of the experience. And I keep going back and dipping in and dipping out. And I'm just not very good at the fighting on that game for some reason. And it's really ruining the game for me 
Yeah, Dark Souls has ruined the, the game for you. <laughs> Seriously, uh-huh. well, it's, I don't know, because uh, I used to put up with the fighting and I, I had no problem with it, so I don't know why now I can't deal with it. I, it's really, really, I find it really, I don't know, it's not fluid. It's not, it's... Well, it's- it's too animated. It's, it's, uh, it's, I don't know how to explain it. This is how I can't explain it. Um, Dark Souls is completely responsive to everything you do. You point something in your that direction, you, it does it. You attack in that direction, it does it. Whereas games like The Witcher, um, Shadows of Mordor, Batman, um, Arkham Knight, whatever, which we want, you push the attack button, and then your character does all the movement to the point where he can hit. The enemy? Yes, yes, yes. It's yes, very yes. animated. Yeah, it's yeah. overly animated. Whereas I'm the same as you. I really like the full control of the Dark Souls Bloodborne. Whereas you push the button, your character will attack the way he's facing, not the way the enemy is. Yeah. Um, so you, 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 so yeah. you're controlling it. And it's actually, um, I got my, one of my mates, uh, Shannon, um, too friendly. Mm. He, he's commented a few times on the, for us on the podcast. Um, he's given us our iTunes review. Um, yeah. I think we also got one from More Bed Bed recently. Oh, I had, see, I, ha- um, I haven't been on the iTunes for a little while. I haven't looked, so. I think he said he did one. Um, I haven't been on either, but, um, if you have a More Bed, I'm sorry, but you can go do one now. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, he, he's, a, he's a huge fan of Street Fighter and fighting mechanics, and he, me and him often get into discussion about how, um, Dark Souls is actually patterned a lot after, um, after fighting games, um, and how mm. they work, um, how it's it's there's no actual animation except for the command that you've inputted. Yeah, it's all about and your placement rather than the the character moving in when you press the attack button. You have to make sure you're in the right place, the right time, the right amount of like speed attack, because if you don't get it right, they can poise through you. And yep, yeah, and there's and then also that also goes into the same kind of. Um, technical stuff i don't i don't know too into fighting fighting games like street fighter i've never i do like them but i've never really been that into them so i don't know the technical stuff but there's the hitboxes they're all your characters and these guys go way in depth into it and it's like the exact hitboxes of the characters and their different positions and dark souls has that same kind of thing there's so many guys that get so technical about how the fighting works whereas playing the witch i never really feel that i know where the hitboxes are or hitboxes are, don't even come into it if that makes sense like it's you mm. push it and if you if you swing first you hit it, there's no kind of question about doesn't matter how far away they are really because <laughs> yeah. your guy will just run towards them um, I, I, I just I, I find myself just spamming when I play that game spamming yeah, attack buttons it doesn't, it doesn't work I, it doesn't feel nice either I don't know whether it's there's probably a, a super technical way to play it which I'm not doing like, I try and beat Dark Souls he's like rolling about and dodging but he just never uh, it never works it might just be no. me I might just be terrible at it but I just can't yeah um, I'm playing it on not the hardest but the one down because everyone keeps recommending that and so I've stayed on that and so I've, I've bounced Bounced off it. Um, uh, <laughs> I must be terrible. I'm playing on easy. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I'm sure you heard Paddy talk about it. Um, him, how he started off normal and then bumped it up. Yeah. Um, I'd heard the same things he had. That your best. Um, I think from Game Gamespot. Um, oh, what's his name? He's got a beard. Um, I can't remember. Oh, Kevin Kevin Van Ord. 
Yeah, Kevin Van Ord, mm. yep. Um, he... Yeah, he, he, he was saying about the difficulty, how to, like, you should take it up to, I think it's saying, uh, Broken Bones, something like that. And it, the, the, yeah, it's, yeah. Got, it's got some cool names. Um, <laughs> and so I have got used to fighting. Have you tried playing with the new setting? Because I know they released a patch where yeah. you can tweak the fighting. Yeah, it, I think it, I think that helped. I'm sure it did help. It, it did help. I found it more helped in just running around normally more than in the fighting. Oh, okay. Yeah, because yeah. it basically instead of like um, a stop turn like you would in real life, because they tried to make it movement like real life. It's he'll do like a 180 turn, like very game like rather than real motion. Well, very, yeah, yeah. Because I I don't like that animated wind up to to in games. Mm. Because you kind of yeah, you, especially when you're in a small room small and you're room. trying to move, and and you're doing this big kind of as if they're about to start sprinting off one, and it's just like then they just walk. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I like the souls. Um, you actually like your character's kind of on like a, a pivot. A pivot, yeah. Yeah, you can go spin around in circles, whereas you can't do that in these other games. And it, it's different. I, but I think The Witcher would be one of my f- favorite games of all time. If the fighting was Bloodborne, yeah, it's that's what I mean. That like the stories and the writing and the voice acting, you know, a second to none. They're absolutely fantastic, and, the, and, oh, and it's the beautiful way... as well. Like stunning oh, vistas. Yeah. Like you'd be walking across the landscape, and the sun will come up over the horizon. Beautiful, absolute beautiful game. Yeah. Uh... Chris uh, tweeted out about that uh, uh, picture after 20 hours. It's still beautiful. Mm. Um, it had like like almost like an orchard of blossoms, um, cherry blossom looking kind of trees, and it just was yeah, the sun was glowing through them, and, and it, it looks like a an oil painting. Like it constantly just looks like a really nice oil painting. That's <laughs> um, how I kind of think about yeah. it. Um, the art style is brilliant, and I really like how the the side missions kind of interweave between the main missions and you can just learn new things about the characters you're dealing with um, by doing extra side missions. Whereas I've never, I've just never liked doing side missions in other games before because I just, just do boring fetch quests. And you have fetch quests, but they seem to still have the better written and they weave together better. Yeah. Um, they, they they have their own little story to them. And I, yeah, those... It's one of the first games, as you say, that has side quests that actually you give a shit about. Yeah, um, and the odd game obviously is going to have some good side quests, mm. and, but this one they really gets you going. Um, but yeah, I agree. I'm not a huge fan of the fighting mechanics, um, but but I have got better at it. Like I took on a Griffin the other day. I was level 21 and it was level 26, and it would kill me in two hits. And I tried about six times, seven <laughs> times before I got a good routine down and just slowly took it out, just constantly dodging, casting spells. And um, yeah, it was good. Unlocked a higher, a better blacksmith. Dumb thing is that all the stuff they can make is too high level for me anyway, so it's kind of pointless. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, so you're going to keep going with it? I'm going to try. I most certainly am going to try because I, I, I think it's worth it. If I can get into the into that zone, I think it will pay off for me in the end. So I'm I'm not going to give up on it yet, but Bloodborne DLC. That's that's my problem. <laughs> I've got a lot of that to play at the minute. Once that comes out on Tuesday, so and that that that's one of the main reasons I just decided not to get Fallout Four. Um, mm. Just because I've got Bloodborne DLC, I've still got The Witcher to finish. 
Um, I've been trying to get back because I was really into The Witcher when it first came out and got, you know, plowed through it quite quickly. And then other things took my interest. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, it's, and it, I think, as you, as you say, the fighting mechanic is harder to get into. And since I finished things recently, I've got back into playing it. I played a little bit recently, especially when I saw yourself and Paddy and all those guys picking it up and starting to play. I thought I'd get back into it again. So I will, I will get through it. Uh, um, how far into it are you? Not far. I've just finished the bloody Baron quest. Oh yeah, you've done a reasonable, reasonable chunk. Yeah, that was. I really enjoyed that. Actually, that quest. That was it. Like you start and you think, oh, a little quest, and f- like four hours later, it's still going. It's like this is awesome. <laughs> yeah, see, I, I ignored him and went down to the witch, the witch quest. Mm. But that all ties in. Yeah. That's right, yeah. It's ridiculous. Like it all ties in together. Yeah. As, as yeah, I was just that, that. That's what blew me away. Like, because you could just go straight to Blade Baron and probably follow that path and not know some of the side stuff you learn from doing the other path. Um, and I'm sure it comes to a similar conclusion at the end. But yeah, the knowledge that you as a player is increased, and I think that's really cool. Yeah. No, it's, it's it, that's what I mean about the, the, the way they they what sort of bound it all together and the, the writing is really 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 good and for the size of studio what they've produced there i'm i'm very very impressed they're just doesn't see that it, it ceases to amaze me how they've created a game like that with sort of a, a relatively small studio you know for I what they you. for what they've created it's yeah, I've always liked my like RPGs and I've kind of and my Dungeons and Dragons because these games are kind of inspired by your your old D and D. Yeah. Um, with their kind of the stats and mechanics, um, and I've played a bunch of them at a time and I've always been excited by them, but they've just never kind of satisfied me and never really. They always I always find them too repetitive and boring, and it's just you end up looting. Whereas The Witcher, there is there is more depth to it. There yeah. is more character in the world and in the in the in the in the dialogue and yeah, so it is, it's very well done. Um, and I think that's part of the reason why I wanted to pick it up is cause I was really, you know, I, I really liked the attitude of the studio, like some, hearing about some of their approach to DLC before the game release. Yeah. Um, I was like, I need to support these guys. The, these guys just, yeah. So I, I look, I really look forward to their next game. Was that is it doing like a, um, cyberpunk game? Is that <sighs> what it's called? I'm so super stoked for that. Yeah. Cyberpunk 2077. It is so up my street because I'm a big fan of uh, Ghost in the Shell, uh, the Japanese anime. Oh, yes, yeah, of course. Yeah. This is like very, very like that. And I'm, I can't wait. If, if they can do this kind of writing for Cyberpunk that they're doing for Witcher, I'm, I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. I don't care if the fighting, even if the fighting's janky, I will play it to the end of days because I love Cyberpunk stuff. I fucking love nice. it. <laughs> See, that just made me kind of think um, how I really like would like to see more mashups of games, and I don't mean that like just com- like what Lego Dimensions have done, just playing The Simpsons with mm. Batman. I don't mean in that way. I mean just like yeah, like I'd, The Witcher, The Witcher kind of world, and the depth of the the gameplay. But in a completely different setting, I really like would like to see more of that because we seem to see games that are just very um, closed off and the same. 
Yeah, uh, we, we tend to, to get it. no. I know what you mean a lot of our RPGs. We tend to get a very fantasy. Yeah, um, I, I, and I would love to see, like, say, a from software sci-fi game. Well, that, that's what I mean. That, that I was just of, leading into that. Yeah, <laughs> that sort <laughs> so of thing. We're on the same wavelength. Mm. Yeah, and like, um, we tend to yeah, the tech games tend to be the, the same. Um, where it'd be amazing, yeah, if the steam, this this cyberpunk is an open world. Witcher game, but completely different setting. And I really, yeah, as you say, I'd really like to see one of the things I actually saw. I saw actually a Star Wars, um, the new movie coming out, um, teaser poster or oh. screenshot from this was ages back before like any of the information was really out. Mm. And it was just a really cool kind of vista. And it had like a just a lone character kind of facing away, very distant. You couldn't see much about it. I'm just vaguely remembering it. And it just kind of gave me a real Souls feel, like a, I don't know why, kind of like yeah. some of the screenshots you get from Souls when yeah. it's kind of first leaked, a very kind of just vistas. And I thought, imagine playing a Star Wars Dark Souls game. Mm. That's the kind of thing, like you could actually fight as a, a, a Jedi or someone with a lightsaber, but with the mechanics of a Souls game. That would be pretty awesome. It'd be fun, like, like, but we tend to just get you get your crazy hack and slash action games when you get those kind of those games, kind like of games, uh, force, yeah. force within. Um, yeah, and, and we're hearing now that Miyazaki's just come out recently that he's pretty much saying that Dark Souls Three is the end of the Souls series. Yeah, and it looks like they're going to be dipping their toes into saying else by the looks of things. Yeah, but I would like to see what they could do with what they've learned and the controls and the gameplay and yeah. game style of souls but a completely different game let's see then i guess it's just souls but i don't know it would be kind of cool to see some different genres crossing over and most definitely i mean that that's why i'm super hyped for cyberpunk 2077 the other thing it reminds me of that it has a kind of a blade runner feel to it as well and that's another thing that i'm super super into oh, yeah, cool. so yep it's just rpg nice. love them cyberpunk stuff love it Oh, can't wait. Nice, yeah, it's, I'm pretty excited about it. We're probably not going to see it till like 2017, though, probably. Maybe later. <laughs> it's been a pretty good run of games so far. We've got a good run coming out next year. Um, yeah. Um, well, like, well, Final I'm Fantasy is supposed to be coming next year. I bet it gets delayed. I bet you any money. Well, yeah. Talking about Square Enix, um, Deus Ex of X, where it's called, um, that's been delayed. Oh, is it? Yeah. After all the kerfuffle about their pre-order <laughs> crap, Get, uh, and, the, and the, just talk about if if everyone pre-ordered it, it would it come would out come early. early. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and they've now delayed it. But that said, good on them. At least I'd rather they delay it and get it done properly. Um, but that just takes the biscuit, though. Come on. It so does, it at does. first it's they were like, "Yeah, if, everyone get it. We'll release it early." So every, what if everyone would have bought that? They would have got a broken game because it wasn't ready. Yeah, <sighs> that's so. Yeah, that it is a bit of a shame. And but again, it, it, it's a little bit taking the Mickey. But I'd rather they delay it and they, they do release a good game. I'd rather game companies be celebrated for good releases, yeah. not failures. I, I I've always said I'd rather a, a game get six months delayed than be released broken. I've always said that. Yeah. For sure. Uh, speaking of obviously release dates, I, my heart, my heartfelt deepest sorrow goes out to uh, 
the Tomb Raider game, which apparently is absolutely spectacular, but has yeah. been completely buried because someone thought it'd be a good idea to release it on the same day as Fallout 4. Was it the other? Was it the other way around though? That was announced first, and then Fallout Four just took the limelight. It's Fallout. As soon as that would happen, I've gone. Oh, the game's not finished. We need to give it a couple of extra months. Yeah, I would no, have because no, because there's absolutely no way that they was gonna compete with Fallout. No way. So that, that I would have at least pushed it back because apparently it's a fucking awesome game. Apparently, it's I, brilliant. Yeah. That's. I, I think uh, there's nothing wrong with exclusives, and I'm happy for exclusives. I think the hardest thing with me is I really enjoyed the first one. Yeah. Um, and it's just a shame that it's now gone. Ex- well, it's timed exclusive. Yeah, we get it. Well, but, it's next year, isn't it? We get it. And, it, and it's fine. Xbox, did, you know, it's all business, and it's mm. cool. It's just a shame for me <laughs> that I wouldn't be able because I probably would have picked that up. Um, because I've decided not to get Fallout because of the size of it. But I probably will get Fallout. Uh, on, 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 a note, though, on a note, though, on a note, though, when it comes out next year, it might come out in an empty period where there's no games and you're super hyped to play it because there's nothing else out and it comes out in a low period and we're like, excellent, and we can get the most out of it when it comes out next year, maybe. Yeah, no, I'll be definitely picking it up. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I, really, I was really surprised. Uh, I think I've mentioned it before. I kind of... I played Dark Souls One and enjoyed it so thoroughly, much so so much. That was is that English. No. So thoroughly um, much. <laughs> yeah, um, I enjoyed it muchly. <laughs> muchly. Um, I could I couldn't play any other game. I had real hard time mm. actually enjoying games. I would play them and just go. Eh. Ugh. <laughs> I was like, it's just not Dark Souls. And so I played <sighs> that game so much, Dark Souls, Tomb Raider. And XCOM were the games that got me actually in like appreciating other games again. Yeah. Um, I think Tomb Raider was the first game I finished post Dark Souls 1. I picked it up with, I, I didn't actually, I got it with PlayStation Plus. I'd heard good things about it. I don't think I was excited about it coming out because I was just like, really? Because Tomb Raider had been shot a little bit. I hadn't really, I really liked the old games, the yeah. early ones. And it had lost some of its, its mojo. Um, it, yeah, most definitely had, yeah. Um, but no, I think I was seeing morbid beards talking about how he's like loves them all because um, they have a, like a, a a good me um a place in his heart because he used to play them with his dad and that's cool like that's but, yeah no, that's awesome know. I I love them games and I agree with you I think they did a fantastic job of the reboot it was yeah. it was a brilliant but apparently this one's even better and that's why it's such a shame that it's getting no limelight because Fallout's swamping it yeah it, it, and then that's it. It deserves well, it deserves more recognition than it's getting, and it's a shame because obviously Fallout it Four is and 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 for all the things like obviously Fallout Four I've heard is a fantastic game, but it's it's far from without its faults as well. But that's that's a Bethesda game for you. So <laughs> yeah, see, I, I I kind of that line has been said a lot recently. In the last week, a lot of podcasts, a lot of <laughs> a lot of uh, GameSpot stuff, like the lobby and stuff. Uh, it, that seems to be an excuse, and we forgive. Sometimes we forgive things. Oh, too much, I, oh, I do not forgive them. <laughs> um, I, I'm on the oh, ab- yeah, oh, I'm yeah. on the other kettle of fish. I understand that they're massive games, and there's a lot that can go wrong because there's a lot of code. I understand that, but there's other big games that have come out that are pretty much not like this. 
But then again, yeah. it could be individual things. Someone might play for it and not have any problems. But one guy was talking about how he played for like 12 hours, walked out of one of uh, a house, got stuck in a wall. And because of the way the system saves or saying, it it basically, that was it, he's buggered. And he'd lost that entire play because he, he was only using that one save. So he'd lost his entire playthrough and had to start again. Uh, that's mental. Mm. Um, it, it seems it seems like you know you get um, you get kids. Some kids are like are naughty and very like, and they just and people don't like don't like you know just the kids naughty. Whereas then you get other kids who are like are cute and cheeky about how they're naughty and they're like ah you little rat yeah you little kind scamp. Of, <laughs> yeah, and that's what it, it's kind of like. Bethesda's kind of like, everyone's like ah Bethesda. <laughs> Oh, you're at it again, yeah. you cheeky little monkey, you. Um, <laughs> so, but, ha- but have you seen the, there's been some videos out, um, Game Rank's done one, the top 10 glitches in Fallout. Oh, it's so fucking funny. Uh, I'm sure it's... Yeah, it's, like, it, oh, but, it's um, funny. But then Assassin's Creed and they and, the, and with Ubisoft, they deserve some crap because some of their games have come out broken, but they just get a huge storm of just grief mm-hmm. about the slightest thing. And they do get a lot of shit. <laughs> um, and like, to be honest, like I played unity and it was, it was a little bit after release, like, but not hugely after I didn't have any problems. It didn't take and I talked him... to people who I didn't have any, pro- I had people who played it day one. I think Stutch, um, he played it mm. day one. He got day one. He said he fell through the, the floor once. Like he jumped to assassinate someone and went through the ground. But like out of a full game, once like it's not serious, yeah, not too um, bad. But they and yeah, the game had its faults. Like it wasn't a great game. Like to be honest, I didn't. I played through it and enjoyed it as much as I did Black Flag. But they got a lot of grief, and I do know that the PC version was a lot more broken than the console version. Yeah, um, and that's where a lot of the grief comes from. But I just do find it a bit hypocritical there. <laughs> yeah, it's it is weird as as you say that some some companies. I don't know why Ubisoft get as much flack. They never used to. It's been since Watch Dogs. I think it's been yeah. since Watch Dogs that people have been starting kicking the boot to them because of the whole thing that happened with that and the, the downgrades and this and that. And now everyone just likes sticking the boot into them. Yeah. And I, I think a lot is. of the time, I think it's a bit unjust as well because they release a game every year. Every single yep. they get a game out in a year, so to put out the sort of game that they are in a year, I know obviously the engine's there, a lot of the assets are already there, but I think they do a pretty good job, to be honest, in the space of the time that they they do create them. Apparently, the new one, Syndicate, is is really really good, and everyone that I've spoke to that's playing it is really really enjoying it. So I'm definitely going to pick it up. Yeah, I feel, it, I feel it's fun. Mm. I've also heard that there are it, it does have the same problems, some of the problems of glitches and stuff. And uh, but again, as you said, open world games tend to have problems like that. Um, yeah, that's is, a, it, is that an excuse? Is it acceptable? Probably not. But, it, I, I wouldn't say it is, but at the same time, you got to, it's, it's you got to look into as you say the the amount of code that goes into these games is huge. And, oh, it'd be ridiculous. Uh, yeah. And if you ch- and, and some of the games rely on what they call spaghetti code. And uh, destinies like that. If you change, say, one thing, it could completely bodge up five other things. So to patch and fix something can take a month, a month and a half, just to fix one thing. Of weaving things together. Yeah, and because um, yeah, I wonder if it's partly because yeah, 
I guess tall poppy syndrome. These large Ubisoft, Activision, EA are the you know the big big hitters in the industry. Whereas Bethesda, they're kind of I don't know. Do people see them? They're kind of not a mainstream. They're kind of like an extremely large independent. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, maybe yeah, that's maybe a forgiving. Um, and yeah, they, people have a lot of love for them, and I think that's great. I think love, you know, good to support a studio, and they do good stuff. And so I think we should support them, and and the more we support them, the better stuff they can produce. Uh, we just don't want to let them get lazy. Yeah, we, we definitely you can't let them get lazy because they'll start getting away with more stuff. And it has started to turn around. We are starting to pull up developers on this and that, and but at the same times we do have to still give them leeway because uh, a lot of us don't realize the amount of work that goes into making these things and it's got to be hard to not get a game with some glitches in it it's got to be super super hard yeah and to to be fair we have we are a lot more critical than we probably used to be uh we used to get you know we used to get games and we used to just deal with it that's the thing back in the day they'd be if they were broke that was it we just dealt with it you we worked our way around it. Yeah, because we, <laughs> we didn't have patching back then. <laughs> um, and so I guess we are a bit too privileged now. And, and, <laughs> and, and yeah, we should just love for games for game's sake and not stop complaining when it comes down to it. Yeah. Um, as I, I, I've always said as long as they're not bugs that you run into that are game-breaking, if, they, if they're a bit annoying here and there, I think you can overlook that. Like if yeah, like like, sure. like on Fallout, there's a character I can't remember his name. I think it's like Vince or something. He tends to uh, swim around a lot when he's supposed to be walking. Like he just swims everywhere, <laughs> or or, or, or he'll, he'll be walking upside down with his feet poking out of the floor, and his head will be in the floor. <laughs> it don't break the game. It's it's dumb. It shouldn't happen, but pff, oh yeah, exactly. Oh. As long as you can, and then hey, that gave us an extra few laughs. So yeah. <laughs> Be yeah. appreciative of that. <laughs> yeah, but it's uh, the, the good thing is at least they can patch. But I think sometimes that gives them a three pass to put out something that they go, "Oh, right, it's a bit. Uh, we can fix that afterwards. Let's just get it out." Yeah, and there's obviously there's obviously financial pressures from from funders and producers, yeah. and it, it is a, it is a hard game. Um, yeah, uh, but it's. I think quality testing is very key. Um, and you can see studios that do use it properly. Um, it, it does help them. But some of you have heard cases recently, like the Batman one, not really being quality tested properly with the PC version. Oof. Well, it's still broke. Apparently, it was supposed to be yeah, fixed. They re-released, they re-released it. it. Still broke as fudge. And basically, Warner Brothers has turned around to anyone that has bought the PC version and said... If you've refund. yeah complete refund, no matter how long you've played it, if you completed it, if you've had problems and you've not enjoyed it, contact us. We'll we'll give you a no questions asked refund. Yeah, it's it's pretty mental. It's mental, but at least they've done that. I think that's a sign of goodwill on their part. Yeah, oh for sure. Yeah. Um, well, as I say, as we're saying, there's, there's too much information in the world now. We know everyone knows what's going on mm. and why, what things are yeah. going on, and that that that's a two-edged sword for both parties, I mm-hmm. guess. Um, yeah, yeah, interesting stuff. So, I hear a little birdie has whispered that you have 
turned your back on destiny once again <laughs> yeah i have i have but not see this time it's not through <laughs> hate not through hate um i still thoroughly enjoy the game still a great game but i've 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 got to a point where i've hit the content limit basically and it, what i did last time is i continued to play continue to play continue to play doing the same stuff over and over and that's what drew me and made me start to sort of get bored and hate it. Whereas this time I, I hit that content limit. I've done everything there is to do now on that uh, in the yep. Taken King. And I've said, right, I'm going to, I'll put it down and I'll come back to it when they bring out the next DLC. I'm not going to get stuck in that uh, addiction loop with it this time. I've enjoyed it. I've got my time and now I'm going to walk away and I'll wait for the, for the next DLC to come out before I start playing again. Nice. Well, yeah, so overindulging can sometimes be a bad thing. Yeah, and I think Destiny is one of these games that can draw that out of people very easy because of obviously what our class is, the gambling mechanics within it. Yep. Yeah, and it... No, I can see that. Yeah, there's a few games Um, like that. Mobile games. And that said, though, it can be a lot. um, If you've got a good group of people and use it as a social kind of thing and that's the only game you're playing... I guess there's no problem with being enjoying that gambling side of it. Yeah, it can be super, super fun. Playing Destiny by yourself is a lonely, miserable place. It's it's not yes, yes. a fun, enjoyable game by yourself. Now, if you've got a little crew to play with, so much fun. That's where the enjoyment comes, is playing with a group of six people in the raids and strikes and stuff. Yeah, I've, I've, never, had a, I've never really played with people I know. <laughs> I think that's why I just never gone back to it. I had one friend who picked up, he's not, he likes his games, but not much of a game. He picked up a PlayStation around the same time I did. And we both got Destiny and we played. Um, and it was a lot of fun because there's a friend I haven't seen in a while who lives away from, he moved away from Wellington. Um, he's my best man actually, my wedding. And we, um, and we, and it was really, I really enjoyed spending that time. So I had a little nostalgia for it because of that. Um, yeah. If I hear the intro music, uh, of Destiny, it kind of, mm-hmm. kind of, yeah, pulls some strings. Um. And yeah, and so I had fun with him, but he was, you know, we only played a little bit, and he, we both kind of, yeah, he kind of stopped playing, and yeah, we, yeah, I so I think I would really like to play with people, but just never had anyone to play with. Yeah, see, I I, I didn't for a while because the the crew that I was playing with, they they basically a lot of them didn't have jobs, so they were on during the day <laughs> and getting yeah. through all the stuff, and by the time I got home, they'd already done everything. So no one wanted to do it again. So I was like, oh, okay. So I was just hunting around. But I found I found a group of guys, uh, uh, Rise of the Old Dude UK is a, a clan that I found. And they were super awesome. They they sort of took me in. And they're all, they're all basically old guys who've got families and jobs and can, uh, can only play sort of a couple of hours in the evening. So we're on at the same time. We're all, nice. all all there just trying to help each other. No one gets mad at each other if someone's doing something wrong. They're they're just a great bunch of guys, and I I, I found a, a a few of them who I was playing with every night. I like to say, like obviously the leader of the clan, Carlos, who who sort of brought me on board. I like to say a massive thanks to him, and a few of the guys. One one guy I played with more than quite often, uh, Patch Ibiza. He he was awesome. I played with him basically every night on Destiny and. It was great taking newcomers through the raids and stuff as well and teaching them how to do stuff and 
it was nice because there's a lot of it within destiny there's a lot of people who have no time or patience for other people and it kind of sucks but oh, yeah, find be all about yeah stopping. finding these guys and just helping people on a daily basis was brilliant and thoroughly enjoying and no doubt once yeah. the next dlc comes out i'll be jumping in with them again and enjoying some more destiny nice yeah one of my early um kind of online games i played was white knight chronicles i don't know if you've ever played it no i've heard of it i never played it though um it had like it was kind of weird it was it's actually kind of i think it's the same studio who did like um the dark cloud an old playstation 2 game hmm. where you're kind of rebuilding a, a little town you got to go dive into like into a dungeon and it's like i think it's random the dungeon and you find resources and you find sections of the town you rebuild right oh, okay and it's actually this and so it has, it's this weird, it's a one-player typical JRPG, but then there's this kind of online section where you can build your own little town and you find resources in the main game and online you do, like, quests. And it's kind of like sort of um, Monster Hunter, simple quests things and, like, big open map areas, mm. but it's not as... It, but you do have bosses, but you also have, like, giant, like, robot. Oh, it's not a robot, it's a giant, like, magical armor. Like a robot. <laughs> But yeah, I remember just my first, it was my first, I think it was one of my first online games I actually played. Yeah. Um, but it was really cool. Like I came across a few cool dudes who were like way high leveled, but they just jump in, you know, the, you can jump into little, um, what do you call them? Uh, hubs. And you can kind of like, like you can go into someone else's town and you can go find people to like quest with. And yeah, it just took me through it, you know, and it was really cool and it was really fun to be able to do the same thing, finding people who didn't know what they're doing. Who are, or after looking for a certain resource, you could just show them where it is and just run through some quests with them and yeah, give cool. some tips. And that, that's what it should be like. Yeah. You should be able to just find people and, um, yeah. And so, I've, yeah, there's good experiences amongst the bad online. <laughs> mm. Yeah, you all you have to do is go into the bungee forums and you, you can find a lot of uh, really nice people there. Mm. That's cool. That is good. <laughs> and it's good they have that facilitated as well. Yeah, now I've been sarcastic. Don't go to the bungee oh, forums. Sorry. It's a place. Of, <laughs> it's a place of hate. <laughs> no, I don't even know that. I've never been. Oh dear! Sorry. <laughs> no, seriously, the the bungee forums is awful. Yeah, if you go, oh, just bungee bungee haters. Dot tumblr. Dot com. Oh, my word! But these people are people that play Destiny, but they just hate on each other all the time. They're, oh God! Yeah. It's not oh, yeah, a nice place silly. to be. Yeah. We've already had that. We've already covered that earlier in the episode. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. You would ignore all you headful people. Be excellent yep. to each other. Yep. <laughs> what is it? Yeah, exactly. Um, Speaking of yeah. hate, hate and stuff, uh, Paris Games Week, uh, Detroit. Looks cool. I like the concept. The concept mm. seems pretty cool. Mm. Um Again, it was pretty much just CG from what I remember. CG. Yeah, well, it now. was a CG trailer, um, yeah. But the, I do like the concept. There's been quite a few um, TV shows that have come out with a similar kind of theme. There's a movie called X, X Machine or something. Or X Machina. Called? X Machina, mm -hmm. yeah. That looks really interesting. I'm yet to see it. It looks really interesting. Um, there's also that TV, uh, UK, BBC, I think, maybe. Humans. The TV show. Humans, which is actually quite interesting. Yeah, they're basically they're all. Uh, most of them are all based around the same book as well. It's um, "Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep," 
which that does sound familiar. Yeah, it's it's the book oh, that yeah. Blade Runner was boost, uh, based on. Oh okay. Cool. Yeah, it's a Philip K. Dick book. It, it's basically it's it delves into the the whole thing about obviously synthetics and androids. Can they have souls and emotions, and what makes us human compared to synthetics and androids? Why can they can they be as human as we are? And it's yeah, it's awesome, and I love that. <laughs> so I'm yeah. I'm quite stoked to see this because I quite like okay, David Cage games so. What other games has he made? Like, I'm terrible with names. Yeah, so obviously terrible. Heavy Rain. It, it, it's, oh yes, yes, yes. It, it's the yeah. games that Mr. Gary Butterfield heads. <laughs> I think I think this is the um, what I saw you got your guys part of your discussion on Twitter about this. Yeah, this is where it started. <laughs> yeah, cause yeah. Now about I remember. Detroit, yeah, yeah. Um, I did. Lo- I like the look. I like the the setting. Um, but other than that, we can't really say much more than that. Nah. Um, it, well, it's well, probably going to be. Like, it'll probably be the same of the, as the rest of his games. To be honest, they've all followed a um, a pretty standard. But who knows? He might change things. He might change it up. He might knows? make it more gamey. Yeah, he might. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. But I, I like the premise and the idea. I think the story will be enough to, for me to draw me through the game. I nice. I, yeah. I like his stories. Uh, once again, Gary. Had, He'd tell you something different. He he hates his he hates the stories. He can't stand them. But to be honest, he did open my eyes to uh, Indigo Prophecy. I used to really really like the story of that game. Uh, well, it's called Fahrenheit over here. But after listening to him talk about it again, he reminded me of actually it's quite a janky stupid story. <laughs> and I was like, spoiled it. For yeah, you. I was like, I don't remember that. And I was like, oh, actually, I do remember that. Damn. But at the time, I was only like 16 when I played it. So now, but now looking back on it, I'm like, oh, God, it was a bit. <laughs> but I enjoyed it at the time. But I don't think I probably would enjoy it now. Whereas Heavy Rain, I, I really enjoyed Heavy Rain. I really liked the story. That, that was quite a, quite an engrossing story. So, yeah, it's, it's one to watch for, for sure. Yeah, I, I enjoyed Heavy Rain. I played it with my wife. Like We played it right through together. Um, and it was quite engaging mm. and had fun. Uh, it was the controls were a bit weird, and yeah, I kind of would prefer to be maybe more immersed in the world and actually have full more control over what was the the character. Yeah, but it was the story was fun. It was really it was it was like it was like watching a a TV series and just you know having that excitement of what's happening next. Mm. The one thing I didn't like in Heavy Rain was that stupid crawl through grass tunnel, the grass glass tunnel. <laughs> trying to think you got to go cool like through a duct or something and it's like glass and you got to like that was oh yeah, yeah 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 no i remember what bit you're talking about because yeah. you had to do it like as fast as possible and if you made slightly twisted the analog stick in the wrong direction you'd fail yeah like, it was or something weird like that yeah yeah so, um there's some cool stuff that came on paris games mm. like um the other one i i'm, I'm kind of intrigued in is wild. I really like the gameplay and kind of the art style of it. Um, and it just seemed to be kind of approach things differently. It was like, it looked like a normal game and, and your open world kind of game, but it seemed to have a different approach as well. Like, I really liked how it painted its picture. Um, right. Now, see, this is one I may have missed. So, so paint the premise for me of what, what you've seen. So, going back a step further, it, I do find it funny how movies and games all the studios all seem to do the same thing all at once 
Like we had like Pirates of Pirates of the Caribbean came out, and then Master and Commander came out. Like everyone was doing boats, mm. um, and everyone does sci-fi. Um, and they all seem to follow each other, and games seem to do the same thing. Like um, like this year has been the year of open world games, and next year looks like it's going to be primeval kind of caveman games because we've got uh, Far Cry prim- primeval, primeval, prim- yeah. primeval. We've got Wild, and we've got which is kind of a twist on it. Because it's futuristic, primeval. Um, name slipped my mind. Redhead, ch- uh, main girl. Oh, uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. Yeah, Horizon Zero Dawn. That's kind of like a futuristic caveman, mm. <laughs> but it's the same kind of like um, survival kind of survival. But yeah, it's it's sort of tribal mm. caveman yeah. type aesthetic, and so they're all doing it. And so I kind of a bit hesitant because they're all doing the same thing. It's kind of like, oh, c- come on. How come you guys are copying each other? <laughs> but Wild is, yeah, basically it's primeval kind of um, caveman-looking, tribal-looking uh, setup. But you play as a shaman, although I have been told, I think you can play as a female as well. It's like open. You can, you can create your own characters. You can be a, right, okay. a shah woman. Mm. Um, and you evolve and you um, develop abilities where you can control animals. And so animals become your weapon and your resource to survive and to fight. Um, and so what they showed was some gameplay of you needed um, dialogue between uh, a sick there's a sick person and they need medicine and uh, they need venom from a snake and so you go off on your quest and then you can you like can tame a bear and ride a bear around and then use like a you get to like a place that the character gets to a place where there's some cannibals um, I think it was narrated like it was like the one the game developers narrating what was going on and they were like around this bonfire and they're worshipping being crazy cannibals as they do and you can you can like like you can control a bunny rabbit um, and the bunny rabbit hops on in and so you, because he's small and and, um, and subtle that you can get into places where you, if, you, if you went by yourself you'd be seen and be attacked and so you send the bunny rabbit to do some reconnaissance um, and what then, what then he kind of controlled a flock of birds that kind of caused him to dive bomb and attack these, these cannibals and then they obviously get spooked and scattered and then the as the character charges on it on the back of the bear and because it, the 30 odd um, enemies are distracted from the birds you've got like a stealth attack where you can just the, the bear comes and just rips into pieces okay. um, and so I really like that you not only you're playing as a, as a human and can control a human you actually have the ability to control animals and you can actually I think you actually have control of them and I've always been fascinated by, I've never played it, the Tokyo Jungle where you play as an animal. Mm. Um, and there was an old Wii game where you could actually play as a snake or a tarantula. Hmm. And there aren't many games where you don't play as a human. Like, I'm sure there are, there's plenty, but like most games you tend to play as a human. Yeah. Or a human type character. And the ones that aren't tend to be kind of maybe side-scrolling or simple games, whereas this is really interesting that we get to play as animals or control animals in such an open-world setting. So I'm quite intrigued by it. Um, and then the yeah, then it went to this cool uh, cinematic of um, summoning like kind of like the spirit or, or god of, that, of snakes. And it was just this really cool kind of scene. Um, yeah, it's hard to explain, but I really like the I really like the look of it. Mm. Um, so did you miss it completely? Did you not yeah, watch I'm any just of looking that? at some pictures of it and stuff. It, it looks quite. I quite like the art style of it. It looks quite nice. 
it, it has it's very simple the art's to like it's it's kind of going for that kind of painted look from what i can yeah. remember it's not like they're not going over top realism um but the concept's very intriguing it's taken kind of taking a done idea of a survival game but kind of just taken even further and just and being its own game yeah it looks like a oh excuse me yeah it looks like one to watch actually it looks like could be quite interesting I do like Whereas, I do like the look of the primeval the Far Cry but it's just going to be Far Cry bows and arrows like I don't imagine they're going to change the formula too much. I hope they do because that would be cool. See, like if they kind of try I think new. I think they are. I think they're going to go more down the the, the survival kind of route, like um like your Daisy kind of. Not. I hope that so. Thing. I, I, hope I so, honestly do think they are. I honestly do. Good. Um, I, I got a whiff of that, but I was not sure because I know I I like the look of Far Cry, and I know it's a ton. I've never I've never really played it. It looks like a ton of fun. I know people have a blast with it. Mm. But to me, it just seems like it's the same, same old thing, and I, and I, I don't, I don't have time to play those games. They're just repetitive, um, even in their own gameplay. And so, the primeval did uh, perk my interest, pique my interest. But yeah, just I hope they do to change it up a bit. We'll watch the space. Yes, most definitely. Uh, what else? What else um, intrigued you from Paris Games Week? Hmm. <laughs> to be honest, I weren't really like. There was a couple of little bits and bobs. Obviously, Detroit. Uh, we saw more of Horizon, didn't we? Yeah, Horizon Zero Dawn. I'm very, very looking forward to that. That does look look yeah, really I, good. I, I like what they've awesome. shown. Yeah, it looks really. And the variety cool. in that, because like, from what it sounds like that, like I heard something. Some of these large dinosaur robot thingies have mm. something like a hundred different unique hitboxes or like spots that you can damage individually. That's right. Yeah. No, it just seems mental, but awesome. Yeah, I like the way, like in the demo as well, where they he was like attacking a herd, and the the, the bigger stags were obviously coming in to protect the rest of the herd because they were like the alpha males and. Yeah, yeah. I, I just I I've got a lot of hope for it, and it's nice to see because yeah. I I think they're a, they're a good games developer, but they've been pigeonholed making bloody Killzone games, and I think they've got a lot of potential to make something else. And I think this is it's going to be a good game. I honestly do. Yeah. I've got a lot of hope well, for it. Is this the right? Am I remembering <clears> this right? That it, that they've actually picked up and took some of the Witcher guys who worked on the Witcher three, not to work on this. Well, I'm not sure. I, I know that they'd um they've been talking with them about how to design open world and some of the tech as well that used these to to run the open world. There's there, okay, definitely so there, there is a relationship there between them and CD Projekt Red. Yeah, I like that. That is intriguing because mm. uh, I think that's how we're, we'll get some really cool stuff. Is taking ideas and skills that of teams have developed and then kind of merging them with other studios like it's kind of what we've got we're talking about earlier kind of seeing a bit of a mashup between game styles and and, and storytelling uh, it's, yeah i do have high hopes for it yeah it, it looks good uh, so uh, vr yes there obviously there, there there is a bit of that yes are you in or are you out <sighs> i don't know I'm in. <laughs> I'm I'm bored. Some of the bits look really good. 
but I, I, I definitely think a lot of the experiences are going to be sort of on rail stuff. Yeah. Um, and that's the stuff I, to be honest, I'm less interested in. I, I, I really want game developers to kind of look at the technology and instead of trying to make current game design work for VR, I want them to go, what game can we make ground up? You know, yeah, that's built for VR, yeah. Yeah, mm. rather than trying to think it in from the, the, our current perspective, looking at it from a completely new perspective and starting a game, like almost just learning how to develop games from the beginning. Yeah. Um, and we might not get that in the first year. Um, there are some interesting things. Like I think I think the um, the Riggs game has just looked like it'd be a bunch of fun. Yeah, it's yeah like it most certainly looked like fun, yeah. Um, Robinson looks quite interesting, I think. That name, I know the name and I know I looked at it, but to be honest, now that you mentioned I can't think what it is. I think it was the one where he's walking through and there's like dinosaurs and... Oh, yeah, that does look kind of fascinating. It, it looked really wanna... good as well because obviously it's, it's a Crytek game, isn't it? It's, it's by just... the guys that done Crisis and it's it's beautiful. Looks, oh, yeah, they, looks they know how to do their visually stunning. So I think um, that'll be very, very immersive and it'll be... It, even if it's not a fun game, I think it'll be a great experience. Yeah, like it looked, and I just really like that the the little ghost. I guess what it was. <laughs> yeah, he looked just like a ghost from Destiny. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was just a round version of the ghost. Yeah. Um, it was like, do you want to play a game? <laughs> Don't get crushed. <laughs> it was awesome. Don't get squished uh, by this giant dinosaur. <laughs> yeah, it did. That did, that did, that did look interesting. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I think I'm in. I think I'm ready to pick it up on release. Um, because you got to take risks sometimes, and I think I think I'd like to see it develop further. Yeah, and if, I guess I want to be one of those people. I want to support it, so there's more chance of more being being done. Um, so yeah, I think I'll get in there. It's definitely got a lot of potential, and I think I like them taking so long. Like clearly, they've been working on this for a long time. And also like that Sony, and obviously there's the research on Oculus Rift and whatnot, and so there's the competition. But Sony, everything they've done, like there's been a lot of criticism behind the eye toy and the Move controllers. <laughs> but that is, that is all led that that research. They haven't gone. We're forgetting about that. We're not going to talk about it. Mm. They've actually used that technology that they've and the, what they've learned from that and they've built on it. Yeah. And I kind of like that they have. They've learned their lessons. They're not just throwing it in the rubbish. Whereas to be, I don't know, from an outside perspective, it seems like they're doing that with, with Xbox, doing that with Connect. They're kind of just like, well, yeah, we're done with Connect, um, but we're going to now do HoloLens. And HoloLens looks really cool. But but um, once again, like <laughs> HoloLens looks cool, but I don't know how practical it's going to be. Yeah. Um, again, it's Microsoft focus. It tends to be on not just games. It's on a, a, on a whole holistic view. Yeah. It's office. It's... It's work. It's it's gaming. Um, I can definitely see it. Like the guys at work, like we make uh, they're always in three D modeling software yeah. and making you know parts or ba- baby buggies and stuff. I can imagine them being useful. Oh yeah, like, I can imagine. Yeah, looking at blueprints like, of things and physically being able to 3D. move around it and moving it around yourself and yeah. Yeah, you got a whole team of four designers can stand around a table and visually see the same thing and point to it and know what each other's talking about. Yeah. Um, but are we there yet? I don't know how long it will be before that actually is up and running. Um, but I, I do like that Sony have kind of run with what they're and, and using 
that technology that they've already got in place um, and not shunning that they've got a history of, of that stuff and actually kind of try and use what, what worked and what didn't yeah. to build on it. So I'm, pr- I'm pretty excited. I kind of want to get in there. I, I've only had a quick go at Oculus Rift um, at uh, Armageddon, kind of like a comic nerd conference we have here. Mm. I took Odin along earlier in the year, and but unfortunately that wasn't games. It was just like a cinema experience, which seems completely pointless to me. Yeah. But it was kind of re- I really enjoyed seeing Odin put it on and kind of just experimenting with what he was seeing. Um, it was quite fascinating as as a dad to kind of watch him as a young boy trying to, to me, that would blow my mind as a kid. Like, yeah. technology has changed so much since we were young. <laughs> <laughs> and to him, it's normal. Like, it's just what's there. Um, so I, I think that's why one of the reasons I'm definitely going to pick it up. It's just to kind of experience it with Odin. Yeah, it, it's, uh, it's definitely got a lot of potential, and, and, and it's going to be a fun experience, no matter what. I think definitely. Well, I'll see if I can egg you along and get you get you to pick one up day, on day one. Well, the thing is, I, th- I think I'd probably get one, but it's it's the it's the pocket. It's going to be quite it's an ex- it's going to be quite an expensive bit of kit, so. It's funny, they haven't really said anything. I can't, I don't know. They, Me speculating. Well, they did say it's going to be console priced. Oh, they have? Oh, I, I think it's going to come in at 299 English. Pounds? Mm. Yeah, because I know that they actually it's coming with, a, with its own processor and stuff. It's got its own computer power behind it. Yeah. Um, which is interesting, which is good, because then it means we'll be able to do more. And the other thing I find interesting with uh, the Morpheus, that's not Morpheus anymore, PlayStation VR, it's doing something different than what some of the other VR are doing. It's actually doing on-screen content as well as in-headset. Right, okay. Um, And so people can actually watch you play what you're doing. And I think it could be quite fascinating for game development if they actually use it. because you've got that single screen for one person, like you could play games like say uh, Evolve. One person's in the VR set as the monster; the other four on on the screen. Mm. Um, hmm. I, I I don't know. I'm not a game developer. I'm not good with good ideas. But I think I think that could be cool having the two screens. Yeah. Um, you could actually play and have like a shared kind of experience where maybe there's rounds where you can switch to headset around between your friends and yeah, yeah. have a kind of a, an experience that it's not just a solo experience. <laughs> Winner stays on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm, I'm fascinated by it. Just to, yeah. It, 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 is, it is very interesting. I mean, I had to go with Oculus Rift. Um, what did I play? Uh, Surgeon Simulator. Uh, nice game. Nice. Yeah. The thing is, it, it gave me a headache. The heads. How long ago was that? It was not last year, the year before. So it would have been one of the Early the ones sets. not with the better, the better screen. So apparently, but apparently Morpheus is the best one out there for that. Apparently, you, no one really gets any motion sickness with it either, which is great. Yeah, it's really cool. Mm. Um, and I like that there's competition. Okay. I like that there's a bit of a race for it. Um, You've got to have that competition. The more competition, the better stuff's going to get. Yep. It's really good. Mm. You know, do you know what? I thought today we didn't have much on our on our show list, show notes. We'll talk for two hours. Have we? <laughs> no oh, my God, list. we have. Yep. So we have. <laughs> Look at that. It's been a blast as well. <laughs> 
So how are you doing? You probably want to get onto this Bloodborne, this new patch. Oh, yes. I want to definitely try that out for sure. So, uh, yes. Yeah. Well, should we, should we wrap it up with some NPC corner? NPC corner, yeah. Let's do that. So, uh, yeah, basically what we're doing is uh, we, we, we're doing an NPC corner this week where we basically uh, put a few little tweety tweets out asking a few people their favourite NPCs and why. Um, yeah, so we've we've got... I, I personally still haven't thought of my favourite NPC. I'm going to have to get back to you in that one. I'm really struggling. That's, that's next week's NPC corner, isn't it? The next episode. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll think I'll think long and hard <laughs> because I've been struggling for months to come up with a definitive answer. So yeah, what we've done a few times is just had uh, NPC that's intrigued us um, and we've had our guests share their favourite NPC. Yeah. Um, as yeah, Clifford said, we've kind of just got a shout out for our people's favourite. Um, and we have got a good response, so thank you, everybody. Um, the first the one I received was from Malman RGKU. Uh, he is one of the co-hosts of the Gamers Plural podcast, which I listen to. Uh, oh, yes. over yep, in Canada. Yep. Um, and he is um, working and studying game development himself. And so I think he just tweeted out he's had his first engagement with. Uh, I think Ubisoft in Canada. Uh, so he's hoping to maybe get a placement there, which would be very cool. So good luck. Oh, yeah, good luck, dude. Um, yeah, and we hope to play one of your games in the future. Uh, remember us when you're famous. <laughs> um, his his NPC is Sully from the Uncharted series. And he and then I asked him, you know, why is there kind of, what's the main reason? He said he always liked them, like the kind of the banter between, um, and I've also heard him talk about it on this podcast, so I can kind of cheat a little bit, get a bit more characters than you can on a twitter on a tweet mm. um, um but it really came he said it said it started from uncharted one but really took off in uncharted three when his relationship with drake was tested um so really liked that they were uh sully was his kind of mentor of, Dra- of um, nathan drake um but how in three it got tested and and, and their and, and yeah their relationship um was put to the test and they came through um and he is a fun character. I really like the banter they have. That's just my take on it. Um, it kind of adds a lot. Uh, this kind of wisecracking old fella, a mentor kind of dude. Mm. It's a lot of fun. Very well-written character. It's a good choice, isn't it? Uh, Melvin? Uh, do you want to take the next one? Yeah, the next one comes from our good friend, uh, Mr. Paddy Stardust over at Twin Humanities. He basically, he said, and kind of one of mine as well, I've got a few. This one I'm struggling to decide, but he's uh, he he's basically said Otacon from uh, Metal Gear Solid, uh, and he he says I actually thought about this before our Metal Gear show, and never really got to it. He's definitely a solid bro, unable to fight in his traditional sense, but he uses his technical know-how. Yeah, yeah he's pretty a solid bro. Yeah, we um, everywhere we did ask Paddy to come up with an NPC for the Metal Gear Solid spoiler cast, but yeah, it was we are not long enough. <laughs> we did actually talk about Otacon during that episode, though, didn't we? Yeah, briefly. Yeah, but um, I I definitely agree with him. He's, he he isn't your typical action hero, but he he he's still an absolute key function to the battle with with as he says with his technical know-how and we, without him a lot of the stuff 
Snake does wouldn't wouldn't be possible. And he he he's such an important character. And I, I yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree with Paddy on that. Definitely. Yeah, he's the brains behind the snake. Mm. <laughs> uh, and what actually one of the things I like about him is he actually has some of the worst history. Like his, like his background is so messed up. Yeah, big time. <laughs> But he's but he's still like a nice guy. Whereas that, and that, I like the kind of contrast. A lot of the other characters within the uh, Middle Gear Solid game, they become uh, I don't know, they seek revenge, or they become jaded or angry and and vindictive. And some of our main bad guys are because like bad things happen to them. Whereas he he always just seems to be such a nice guy. Yeah. <laughs> Despite his his parents' history and and what happened. I think maybe he 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 he's that way to maybe break the cycle of of badness within the history and just wants to project good into the world and try and be good and be nice to people yeah and so i do like that about him uh, other than creating a a, a mobile nuclear firing machine but we'll slip that one under the carpet yeah you gotta do what you gotta do he was under duress when he made that so (laughs) yeah that's true um, okay, and then our, our good friend Morbid Bed on at Twitter. Uh, he said that his one he calls it claims to be a bit of a stretch, um, but he says the big daddy in Bioshock still sends shivers down his spine to this day. I always like Morbid Bed's answers. He kind of just he always has good reasons, and he just mm. he's a definitely good thinker. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he, he continues so good also all of my targets and hitman games purely due to the dramatic irony of knowing they're going to die <laughs> <laughs> awesome no, um, I, big daddies yes I think they are fantastic I love the sound design for the big daddies and I agree with him shivers down spines when I yeah fantastic brilliant sound design of them characters yeah I'd say they're definitely a good NPC. I think it's not a stretch. The stretch where it comes in is there's when in uh, Bioshock Two, when you play as Big Daddy or a Big Daddy. Yeah, well, he's he he's not a true Big Daddy in a sense. This is like a prototype. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's my question for you, Morbid Bed. If you want to respond, do you like Bioshock Two, Big Daddy, if as you're playing him? Mm. Um, that's that. That's yeah. always a a good question because Bioshock Two always uh, divides opinions. Yeah, I thought it was kind of the story. Like the story was kind of redundant, to be honest. Mm. <laughs> Nothing really happens. But that's that's the t- story for another day. <laughs> okay, you gonna take another one? Yeah. So uh, at Global Mega Dude, see, I don't know this name. I'm presuming it's Gene. I would go with that. He says, Gene from Bayonetta 2 is cool. Although, I think you can play her once you beat the game. <laughs> Couldn't tell you. Never played Bayonetta. <laughs> yeah, I've heard it's a fun game. Um, but yeah, I've never played it. Yeah, if it's a bonus that you get to play as them, it's still classed as NPC, I'd say. Well, yeah, because in your initial first playthrough, they are uh, an NPC in that that part yeah, of the game. It's just a, it just becomes a skin, I guess. In it's, the, yeah, in the yeah. But Bayonetta, what I know is that there's like a Zelda skin, isn't there? Oh, is there? Like, there's like so many different skins you can get, and it's just for fun. It's all for yeah. you know fan service and fun. So, yep, take that one. I have to take your word for it. Sorry, Global Mega Dude. 
Um, don't own a Wii. So I can't play it. <laughs> um, and then we've got our, another uh, good dude, Neo Loki 55 on Twitter. Um, he does Dark Souls and Bloodborne content. Um, and yeah. Um, he's a good dude. Yeah, yeah, I've been talking to him a lot recently. He's, yeah, he's a cool, cool guy. Ah, cool. Yeah, he's really cool. Um, I made contact after I did the chat with Jeremy and the Law Hunter about the Dark Souls Three beta. Mm. Um, but yeah, he says the tweet actually said Siegfried, but that Sig, Siegfried, but that was autocorrect, and it should have been Sigmire from Dark Souls One. Um, has the best three line. And yeah, he's pretty cool. Like he's just he's he's one of those kind of odd ones in the in the Souls games. Like he's he's so like jolly and happy, but he's kind of has a dark past, and it's quite fascinating. And and the his the, the timeline, the, the kind of the story that you you play through with him is, is quite intriguing. And and how you kind of keep helping out him out, and he's just seeking to be a hero, and you keep doing it for him. Well, <laughs> it's, it's a fascinating. We, one. He's gonna need the help if he keeps bloody falling asleep all the time. He's always well, exactly. asleep. Every time you find him, he's fast to keep standing up as well. <laughs> and, it, and everyone knows you need a fast roll in Dark Souls. Yeah. <laughs> you can't fast roll in Onion Bro. Onion Bro, I'm a no. <laughs> but no, he, he is a good one. And, and he followed up with another very fascinating character. Um, and I completely agree with this, um, this one. Is, uh, I did I say it right? Urea? <laughs> From Demon Souls? Yeah, have you Uria. played Demon Souls yeah. yet, Tom? Yeah, no, I've still Uria. not managed to get around to Demon Souls. Great Can't get a PS3. It's doing my head in. Nah, why is it? Why is it not on PlayStation now? For crying out loud, they own the damn game. Ugh, does my head in. Why is it not on PlayStation now? Ah, uh, will come. will come. They own it. It's theirs. Have faith. I know it should be there. You're right. <laughs> it should be there. Um, but you're you're here from. From Demon Souls, she has a compelling and tragic story. It's just so I fill you in. She's a witch, um, and witches are persecuted and hunted and killed in the Demon Souls world. Um, and it's very dark. Um, she, you rescue her from being prison, and it's very, it, um, it's kind of shown pretty clearly that there's two corpses right by her that are witches. Um, and so she was next on the chopping block, most likely. And I think it even implies very disgustingly that she's been assaulted oh, in bad, very bad ways. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, and so she's a very tragic character. Um, and the interesting thing with her is when you rescue her and she comes back to the hub world, she becomes quite um, infatuated with the the playable character, the character you're playing, mm. um, despite being female or female. Um, and it's, 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 yeah, she has a lot of very, very small character in a lot of ways. Like, but she has a lot of um, kind of backstory that kind of is in- implicit. Um, yeah, very cool character. She also becomes the uh, one of the spellcaster teachers where you can learn some very right, cool yeah, spells cool. from her. Um, so Yuri the Witch uh, is definitely a thumbs up in my books as well. Um, very cool character and just, again, from software, NPCs tend to kind of, they write them well. Yeah. Yeah, they there's do. a lot of depth and, and, and story behind them. They're not just a uh, uh, animated character in front of you. They actually have a story and a and a history to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then and on top of all this, I had a funny conversation with Chris about this because we posed the question on Twitter and he he tweeted back saying, 
uh, he, he was having trouble, just like Euclid, uh, he was having trouble coming up with his own own NPC. <clears throat> um, and I don't know, I know it was my question, but then I responded saying, oh, we all know it's Squall. And that was stupid on my behalf, because Squall's a playable Squall's character. Squall's a playable character, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then we had this long, massive chat about, about Final Fantasy VIII and about how he played it when he was young and he thought all teenagers were moody and, and weird, like <laughs> the characters of Final Fantasy VIII. And then... It was just hilarious, and both never kind of mentioned. He probably just thinking I'm just stupid and went along with it. That they are playable characters. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, it was a good chat though. Oh, um, awesome! Uh, I think we talked about how, like, yeah, he, he always likes Squall, and um, and how that now that's made who he is. He's become <laughs> he's become Squall as he's grown older. Um, and mm-hmm. when I played Final Fantasy VIII, I was I always liked Zell. Because uh, he's a bit more jo- uh, a bit goofy and a bit yeah. odd, and my brother was always moodier and quieter. My older brother, and he was he always I always thought of Squall when I thought of him. Um, so yeah, so they aren't NPCs. We'll forgive you, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Squall could be your favorite character. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so thanks everyone for the responses. Yes, thank you very much. <sighs> so been a blast yes it's been a blast uh, I thought this was going to be a short one this week never happens on this show <laughs> I think we took I think we took like an hour to get into the actual content we just were just off topic awesomeness this this is what we're good at we we like going on tangents on this show and this is this is why you love us you love a tangent people yeah uh, <laughs> can we can we call this episode off off topic um, awesomeness off topic awesomeness yeah awesome <laughs> that's the title of the episode <laughs> cool right and on that note then I'm gonna say how for now tati buyers <laughs> thanks for tuning in we'll catch you next time let there be no doubt if it moves you can be sure it's a big